What's up, Benchwarmers? Episode 40 of The Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant. Thank you guys for tuning in live on the Unhinged Sports Network or on demand on your favorite podcasting platform. We appreciate all the support. Got a lot of stuff to get into. Uh, Nico will give you a rundown of what we have coming up live on the ColorCast app because we got a lot of stuff going down for that. We're trying to get into their playoff competition. Then we also have a horse racing scandal possibly some playoff predictions for the NHL. We talk about the recap of the NBA and then also some NFL moves that have happened. And then we have great segments this week. Lots of good rants. You're going to want to get into all of these takes and then be sure to follow us at FEOTB pod and let us know what you think of all the things that we said in this one. But there's a lot of hot stuff that we drop on this on this episode. So be sure uh, to listen to the whole thing and then respond. Let us know what you think. And uh, hopefully, I mean, I, I kind of want to get on this stack that Baffert has his racehorses on because it's obviously successful f- for something. I mean, we just got to eat the right hay, I guess, and then we could take HGH, right? Uh, pop, if we have a good enough lawyer. <laughs> Beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run off, politicians lie being fired What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? For this center attention, we're not going to focus on anything specific, but man, we got some fun things planned that I want to fill you guys in on. Well, first of all, Jimmy and I are trying to enter the ColorCast Bracket Challenge. We've been grinding so far. Thank you all for tuning in Tuesday night and as well Friday night, I believe. It was, it was Friday or Thursday night or Wednesday night. Wow, I'm way off my nights. Last Wednesday night um, for joining us for the Nuggets games against the Hornets and then also the Knicks game, um, but we have a lot of fun ones planned up that you need to look out for we're coming tonight on wednesday as you're listening to this utah versus portland night on espn we also then are coming back the following night thursday the last regular season game we'll be calling for the denver nuggets of course we'll be calling all nuggets uh, a bunch of nuggets playoff games but last regular season game nuggets versus t-wolves thursday night and then we also have the last one of our um five-game stretch here this week. We have the Phoenix Suns taking on the San Antonio Spurs, which we will have a giveaway of a Jason Richardson signed jersey. So be sure to tune in on Sunday for a chance to win that. We will give all the details out as we get closer. Be sure to look out for that. We will, we will, like, like we said, we'll, we will relay the information, make sure how you, how you can win. Of course, you'll have to tune in to figure that out. You'll have to listen, tune in to figure out how you're going to win. We'll post it all over our Instagram and, and Twitter as well. So be on the lookout for that. That'll be a lot of fun on Sunday. And then also, Avalanche playoffs start next week. I believe it starts on Sunday. The playoffs officially start. So we'll be casting a bunch of those games. Hopefully, we'll be able to get to do it in person too. So I'll be sure to look out on all all that platforms. Don't forget to check out all of our friends um, across the network who will be casting as well. Hilo Sports and a few other team, a few of our friends as well. So, uh, without further ado, let's get in the rest of this episode. This episode of the Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant is presented by the Unhinged Sports Network in partnership with Fanatics and Fubo TV. Man, uh, I like the center of attention. Obviously, we got a lot of stuff coming up on Colorcast. I've been tweeting out about it. I'm calling it the far end of the bench, like midweek rush, because we're going Tuesday. Thank you, everybody. We're recording this right after that game on Tuesday. Thank you, everybody, for who tuned in. Be sure to tune in tonight for the uh, 
Blazers, Blazers and Jazz. I, I almost said Raptors again. Blazers, <laughs> Blazers and Jazz. Jazz. Yeah. And then uh, tomorrow night we're doing the Nuggets and T-Wolves, and we'll be back Sunday with a giveaway, like Nico said. Um, so a lot of things coming up on ColorCast trying to qualify for their playoff bracket. Um, and be sure to keep tuning in there and keep showing love. And then tell your friends, because not many people cover the Nuggets the way we do. I know that the Altitude guys do the best that they can, but when the playoffs start and we start getting these national broadcasters, you're going to want to hear Nico and I's voice when the Nuggets are playing. You're not going to want to hear this whatever you want to call coming out from the uh, major sports networks about the Nuggets. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, and I'd say that we're starting off on a little bit of a different note, but it's it's still weird. Oh, it's uh, very weird. Let's put it kudos very weird. kudos to horse racing for being more relevant than the MLB at this point in the sports very year. Very relevant. But uh, Medina Spirit is a juice head. Oh man, what 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 a weird story this is to start out. But man, Kentucky Derby the last few years it, we had a. I believe it was two or three years ago we had a horse get disqualified from winning and the race winner going to the second guy because the first the guy who won got first place cut off the second place guy and for that reason the number two guy won. And then this year, Adina Spirit got uh, HGH from a guy pissing on his hay. <laughs> yeah, and the guy wasn't on HGH who peed on his hay. He was just on – he had a cold. Bob Baffert's yeah, like, you know, some sleeping pills. All, these, all these bodybuilders – they pop mucinex to get as big as they are, right? No. It, this is not the – if this was the first time that a Bob Baffert horse has had a PED scandal – Also, it's, first of all, it's not the first, actually. Uh, I was going to say, yeah. if this was the first time, it would be okay. But then also how Baffert has handled this, like, you're in the wrong. The horse pissed hot. The horse melted the cup that they tested the urine in. The horse was ready. Let's just put it this way for MMA fans. The horse was ready to fight in pride. (laughs) That's that's what was going on with Medina Spirit. And Bob Baffert came out originally and said, no, it was the guy peeing on the hay bales that the horse ate. And then he came out, which that excuse was kind of like the Canelo excuse with the Mexican tacos a few years ago. Did you know they put cortisol in Mexican tacos? I did not know that, but now I know. Uh, There's something new every day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then... Baffert now has come out and said, yes, he was on a banned substance, but my lawyer is already ready to file an injunction so I can race in the, what's the next one coming up Belmont, this weekend? I believe. The Belmont. I believe it was Belmont. So he can continue trying wrong. to Don't... be the triple crown, but it's the, it's the second race it, in the triple yeah, crown. Yeah, Kentucky Derby is the first. I think Belmont is the third, actually. I don't. I can't remember the top of my head. Like I said, I only, I only keep track of horse racing one day a year. Yeah, no, <laughs> this is that's partially why this is weird. Mainly... Is horse racing like cycling except with a lot more money involved? I mean, let's be honest. All those horses are on something. Like, like he just got caught. Yeah. Like, like let's. I mean, some, some, some smart guy somewhere thought, you know what? I'm gonna pump steroids into this horse, and you know what? I'm gonna throw all my money on it. Some dude, because look, those winnings, Kentucky Derby is one of the most bet-on sporting events every single year for a reason. Mm. And how much money they threw on Medina Spirit, because somebody knew something that everyone else didn't know, and some some genius went in and put all the money down on Medina Spirit to win, and he's not getting, it's not like they can go into him and take money from him. He won that money. That can't be taken back. Somebody in Bob Baffert's corner is a freaking billionaire because he knew what he was doing. Yeah. No, this was totally, everybody knew what was going on before the race happened. They, they were just not expecting for somebody to blow the whistle on him and get caught. But, hey, uh, if we go back, like the cycling scandal was a big scandal, mainly because if you tried to give it to the guy who wasn't on something, 
it was like the 26th place person was the only guy who actually had a positive P test and there was no performance enhancing drugs. So really it's also different because it's a horse. It's yeah, it's a and horse. The, it's not like the horse has a fucking choice of what he puts in his body. That horse, I mean, we're talking that about was- Bob Baffert. Should we be talking about Medina Spirit being overly competitive and like I got, I got to win this race? Yeah, Medina Spirit went straight to Bob Baffert, naded him, not uh, bumped his head into him, be like, "Give me more. Yeah. I need more." <laughs> no, that's a, said- that, so hot take, Medina Spirit. Kind of a dick. Yeah, Medina kind Spirit. <laughs> Medina Spirit went. I must break you. And then they gave him the same stack that they were giving Dolph Lundgren filming Rocky Four. It won, and it's and somebody won money. And we're still talking about Bob Baffert and horse racing. And the guy who is the winningest Kentucky Derby um, trainer of all time now has one of the biggest tarnished names in the sport. Yeah, but really, I mean, you're making the kind of money Bob Baffert's making. Yeah, is Bob it- Baffert, it's 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 chump change to him. Yeah. Like, how much is the fine? I'll take it. I won my my friend won twice that money betting on my horse to win. I'll be I, all right. I get paid four times that just to actually go out and look at a horse before I even train it. If you want a consultation, I get paid twice as much as they're going to be able to find him. Um, so yeah, that's weirdly enough one of the biggest sport stories in the last week. Uh, without the NFL, you kind of have to search for stories a little bit. I know playoffs are getting. We're not at playoff yet, yeah. So it's it's a little bit grass for air, but once playoffs start, that's going to be basketball, hockey talk constantly. Yeah, yeah. It's, we're we're in for a, a little bit of a speedy or busy month. Uh, that's one way to put it. Like you said, with the Avalanche and the Nuggets color casting, um, we'll be on that a lot. But hey, we'll we'll just put it this way: if you want to get big, take some Mucinex and uh, see what happens. Maybe maybe you'll be the next Medina Spirit, chasing down horses. Now we got to talk about too. Was Chad Ochocinco on a performance-enhancing drug when he outran that racehorse? Oh, my gosh. It brings Chad up o- a lot of questions. Chad Ochocinco is in the news for all the wrong stuff nowadays. Well, when you have a podcast or a show with Brandon Marshall, who's a known, like, he's come out and said, I am bipolar, you're going to be... B. Marsh is something different. He's, yeah. And, and then throw in Ochocinco throwing all his money on Masvidal. <laughs> well, think about it this way. You've been mad at some of the stuff that I've said. I don't even go half as... When I go as off Ocho the rails, does, yeah. I don't go as far as Ocho And that's your guy, too. That is one, Cincinnati Bengal great. One of, yeah, one of my guys. One of the greatest receivers of Bengals history, I was if a, not the greatest. I was a bigger TJ guy, to be honest. I was a bigger Hushman Zada fan. But, yeah, Ocho Cinco, he, he was the reason he why made the Bengals, Bengals games were, fun. Yeah, yeah he, was, he put the way. Bengals on the map, especially coming out of the 90s where we had back-to-back number one overall picks. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know uh, that. Like I said, learn something new every day. Yeah. Let's transition now to the NFL because this is going to be something. I've seen a lot of different takes, and then I've seen a lot of takes go against some of the ones that I've been seeing. But the main story, Tim Tebow's ego, we popped his ego enough to now he's not going to be forcing a team to play him at quarterback. He has decided to sign a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars to be a tight end. Who, who knew? He's 30 years old. He's uh, Urban Meyer's next-door neighbor, so that's a big reason as to why he's getting this shot. But what do we what do we think about this one-year deal for Tim Tebow to become a tight end in Jacksonville? Well, first of all, it's not a guarantee he makes a team, so everybody pump the brakes on him making it. Like it, it, Maybe he makes a team. Maybe Urban Meyer brings in packages, and uh, Tim Tebow sneaks in some of those Zoom calls with Trevor Lawrence, and they have some Wildcat packages because – very well could happen. Um, it, there, there, that's that's something that we got to look out for. Um, but look, this it's 
we talk about not only in the sports business industry, but the sports world as it is. It's not what you know. It's who, it's who you, you know. know. It's who you know. Yeah. It's always who you know. If you know, if you have a great relationship, not only with the people around you, that will set you up for success. If you are a dick to anyone who you face, if you are a person that has a bad rap, if you're a person that um, is, is in a situation like, um, oh, my gosh. If you if, let's I, let's put it this way: If you want to be a guy like Michael Jordan, you better like. If you want to be yeah. a difficult person, you better be the best player of your generation, or you're not going to get a chance. Like I, I'll, I'll put a person in this argument: Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown is a terrible pass. It's not very well liked. The only team that gave him a chance was because of Tom Brady. No one else wanted him. Mm-hmm. There wasn't another team that came out and said, oh, I need Antonio Brown on my team. There's a reason why he went unsigned for six weeks, seven weeks, and the Buccaneers were like, well, I guess we'll sign him. Yeah, It's because Tom Brady can make good player, good players look great. And a person like Tim Tebow, who I still don't think has an ego because he has never shown an ego. It's just everyone puts an ego on him. Um, he, he is one of the nicer people out there, and he doesn't. he's just living his dream. That's the way I see it. Be, like, look, he not only he re, 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 revigorated a Florida program, brought them to a national championship. He is the only quarterback in Bronco history that was drafted by them and won a playoff game. Don't forget that stat. He went and played baseball, played in AAA for a few days, I think, and no one thought that was going to happen. The dude is just dude is living his life. Like it's not a fact of the matter is that maybe maybe he doesn't deserve it. He probably doesn't. But the guy has put his mind down and when he puts his mind down, he has some success. You cannot hurt the desire of a guy that is just trying to live out his dream. And Tim Tebow has done nothing but say good things about everyone he's been around of. It's not Tim Tebow doesn't come out and say, "Oh, this receiver sucks." Oh, I had Aaron Hernandez in college and he was a dick to me. Blah blah. He's never said that. The only only bad thing I've ever heard from Tim Tebow was when he argued in, with a reporter and said, I don't want to talk about Aaron Hernandez when the whole situation was going down when he was in New England. That's the only thing I've ever heard of anything bad come out of Tim Tebow's mouth. Besides that, the kid is living a dream. He has a beautiful wife. He is a great Christian man. And it's not his fault that, he's, that, that Urban Meyer is a dumbass and taking a chance on him. It's not his fault. That's not his it's fault. Not, but this should have happened... Really, it should have happened a while ago. This Don't get should me wrong. have been it should have happened a while ago. The year but, after they got knocked out by the Patriots, after they won that playoff game of quarterback, there should have been a conversation made. Like you're not going to be, and I think the conversation was had with him. That's where my, when I say his ego finally deflated enough, he's ready to play tight end. It almost seems the way that everything transpired, he was like, well, if I'm not going to be able to play quarterback, I'm going to go play professional baseball. That didn't necessarily it work out. It also wasn't necessarily that. He just became a reporter for a few years and then went to baseball. So it's not like he went to baseball right away. The only the, the couple things that I'll say about this, I agree with you. I don't think that he, this was given based on merit. This was definitely ba- given based on Urban Meyer just wants to have people that he likes being around. Uh, that's also the reason why he tried to hire one of his old coordinators or coaches well, what, what, from Ohio State that had a domestic violence issue in the past. And the Urban NFL has already done a lot of terrible things. Yeah, the NFL school. turned around real quick and was like, uh, yeah, do we're that. not doing we're that. Not that. We're not doing that at all. Um, but I think that this is, if there wasn't still the Colin Kaepernick's or, you know, the Des Bryant's who it took years for him to get another shot in the league, 
if there wasn't those guys that are pushing the the narrative that they are so hard, this really it comes down. We we would be more talking about why is everybody thinking that this is going to be Tim Tebow as the tight end. You're 100 percent right. There's no guarantee he's going to make the team. He still he's starting right through. now is probably the fifth string tight end. He still has to go through training camp, which there's no guarantee of that. He still has to go through preseason. He's 33. Don't don't like all look. First of all. This is the Steeler way. Devin Bush calling for Tebow's head for him doing nothing but living out a dream is BS. Yeah. That is bullcrap. Devin Bush saying, well, I'm going to headhunt Tebow. What the hell did Tebow do to you? The dude is just living life. Like I said, there's no guarantee he's going to play. There's no guarantee. He was offered a opportunity by his former coach, who is a terrible coach, NFL coach already. Uh, he's a good college coach. Don't get me wrong. But he's already a terrible head coach. Probably not going to win in very many games, if not for Trevor Lawrence. And his coach came to him and be like, you know what? We've seen what Taysom Hill did. And you've got to remember, Taysom Hill is what started all this. No one – like people were – it was unheard of of people changing positions. It was not that long ago that everyone wanted Lamar Jackson to be a running back, too. Mm -hmm. And look at what he's doing now. He's an MVP-type caliber player. People were – it was unheard of. Taysom Hill is the outlier, and Tebow is looking at Taysom Hill like, you know what, I could make some more money possibly doing that. I am going to try to work my ass off and do that. It is not Tim Tebow's fault that Urban Meyer is an idiot. It is not. It is not his fault at all that he wants to give him a chance. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, I – don't ever, don't ever have a problem with somebody calling out the Steelers for being the way that they are. And look, I will always have love for Tim Tebow. I will always have love for Tim Tebow because in this city's darkest football days, although we are pretty dark right now, the darkest football days at that point in my life, Tim Tebow made this team fun to watch. Tim Tebow, it did not matter what was going on. It did not matter what the first three quarters happened. I knew when the fourth quarter came on, it was T-ball time. Yeah, that was some of the best childhood football memories in my life. Watching that play against the Steelers of his his eighty-yard touchdown pass to Demarius Thomas on the first play of overtime still brings chills back to me. That is one of my favorite all-time sports moments. Not even football moments, sports moments to watch. And for that reason, if you're a Broncos fan at all, you should never be trashing that man, ever. Because Tim Tebow did nothing but good things. We just got blessed with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. And you got to remember, Tim Tebow did that, and we got Peyton Manning the next year. That's the, the, like it's it. Tim Tebow probably would have been a starter for another two years. Probably would have left off, washed off the face of the earth, and probably would have went college football analyst, and he probably wouldn't have been signed. But since we got the one of the goats on our team, Tim Tebow was seen as an afterthought. Yeah, and uh, other thing about that playoff game, do you know why it, that it is also significant? That was the first playoff game that ended with the new playoff rules that we see now. That was the first time. Which is not very good playoff rules as it is. Well, but yeah. But that was that was the first thing that I remember. Obviously, the play is iconic, and our old high school coach. I love the radio call. Here we go, foot race. Uh, when I called football games, I tried to bring that out there. He's better. He's way better at getting it. Yeah, coach Logan's the goat for a reason. <laughs> he's been doing it for a long time, but. Uh, Watching the TV tape, it was Jim Nance and Tony Romo trying to explain to you what the rules were. It actually might have been Phil Simms back then. It was before Romo was done playing. And he was like, uh, if the Broncos score a touchdown here, the game is over. But if they go down and score a field goal, then the, it was the they were not explaining yeah. it very well. So everybody was really confused. And then, they were and then just really Tebow was like, yeah. yeah, Tebow was like, oh, if I score a touchdown, it's over? 
Okay, here we go. And that's what happened. DT, do the rest, buddy. Here, DT. Two guys. I honestly, Demir, those are two guys that had some of the biggest fan followings of the recent Broncos that are DT no is on the team anymore. one of the most fan favorite receivers this this city's ever had. I would put him him up right up there with Rod Smith. Mm-hmm. Rod Smith and, and DT. It was a tough day when DT finally left to the Texans after Peyton was gone. It made sense, but seeing DT go was not easy. We'll talk about another guy who's he was drafted at a position that the Broncos don't normally hold people on. Hold on to people at. They don't have good luck drafting quarterbacks. They don't have good luck drafting receivers other than Rod Smith, who they got in the fifth was, or sixth round. I, he might have been undrafted. He could have been undrafted. I think he was undrafted, too. honestly. Uh, yeah, it was TD who got the fifth round. But uh, there's there are other quarterbacks now, especially like Logan Thomas is a guy. He was a quarterback a few years ago. He was a quarterback at Virginia Tech, and he was one of the two starting tight ends for the Washington football team on their playoff run last year who was a converted quarterback. It makes sense, and and that was always the position that Tebow was projected at at the NFL level, even when he was winning games at quarterback in college. Because everybody knew, like, this is cool, and, and it works because in college, you're not always playing against the best athletes in the world. Sometimes, especially in the SEC where he was playing. But that Florida you, team that beat him in the SEC championship was just a bunch of, of NFL the players. The Florida team that played Alabama, that was a good team. Yeah. But then you also have the games where standard built. And the games versus uh, Tennessee at the time were terrible. And Florida State at the time Florida because State. Tebow owned Florida State in the four years that he was a Gator. So it, it look, makes sense. I, and, I'm, look, I'm happy for Tebow. I, I think he deserves a chance. If he doesn't make the team, great. But if he proves everyone wrong and makes the team, then everyone needs to shut the hell up. Because, look, if Tebow makes the team and, and is able to be some worth to a Jacksonville Jaguars team that is unbearable to watch, then that's noteworthy. Yeah, and I really think the biggest controversy that's coming out of all of this is because of Bleacher Report, because as soon as the news broke that there was talk of him signing a contract, there was a graphic thrown up, uh, and we'll get to another stat that I wanted to throw past you and see what your reaction to it is, but they threw up a graphic with Trevor Lawrence, and then they had a list of his weapons, and they had DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, James Robinson, Tim Tebow, and everybody's like, what the? Tim Tebow has not played a snap in the NFL at tight end, and you're listing him as one of the top eight Weapons that well, I mean, Mar- uh, that Trevor Lawrence I mean, is about to have in Jacksonville. Let, let, let's be honest. First of all, the best wa- weapon Trevor Lawrence has has already been dis- disrespected. Urban Meyer already disrespected James Robinson. James or James Robinson was the best running back, rookie running back last year. And you draft a running back. You know you don't even draft a tr- running back. You trade up to get a running back in the first round. Terrible, terrible. Uh, the other crazy stat that I saw, if the Jaguars do not go 17-0 this season, it will be the first regular season game Trevor Lawrence has lost in his yeah, entire life. Yeah, they won't be going 17-0. I guarantee you that. But how crazy is that? You go through four years of high school, never lose a regular season game. Four years of college, never lose a regular season game. And then he runs into uh, – was Ohio State was the first. It was Bama. Yeah, Bama was the Bama first. Bama was the first team to beat and him in college. And then Ohio yep. State beat him in college as well. But un- – unreal regular season record up to this sure. point Very this good. is why he had as much hype as he did and why it would have been great for him to end up in new york thank you uh los angeles because they were the ones who lost to the jets the second time that that is why because he has been that good for that long um so that'll be cool other news about quarterbacks Devonte adams is uh for as bad of a situation as it is in green bay Devonte adams worse. is like the the best friend of the girl that you're trying to win back and it's like I don't know. You really did care. something that screwed up, and 
And if he goes, I go. So because <laughs> Devontae Adams is now. It's, it's that meme is like, if you don't fuck with my friend, I don't fuck with you. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. No, he's definitely listening to that song on repeat. Why the hell would you stay there if A-Rod's there? Not there. No, there's, there's no reason to. And that was, he sent out the tweet early on when the first news first broke that Aaron Rodgers was upset. Got to appreciate what you got while you have it. And then now he's come out and said, if Aaron Rodgers is not back, I'm going to consider my options for the future. And if uh, really this even puts more pressure, I think, on George Payton, because that's the odds on right now. It's Packers, him staying with the Packers and them working out their relationship or it's uh, he goes to the Broncos. And if he goes to the Broncos and Devontae Adams is true to his word and will walk wherever he goes, that even puts like you you give up even more at this point. That makes it. Because I think that they were probably going to have to give up a Tim Patrick or uh, Maybe a, KJ a KJ Hamler, Hamler yeah. in this deal. You can do that now. And with the possibility of Devontae Adams really loving yeah, Devontae play is a free Aaron agent Rogers. too next year. Yes, that, and that's the thing. He will have the option. Right now you got to convince Green Bay to do business with you for Aaron Rodgers. But if you are able to do that somehow, you get a top, top five top receiver. Top ten receiver at the minimum. Yeah, top ten at the minimum, but I'll say I'll go ahead and give him top five, especially with his short. He's the best receiver of getting open within the first three yards. If it's a slant pattern, I want Devontae Adams, maybe DeAndre Hopkins, one one two right there. So that's I think that puts a lot of pressure on it right now. And all this stuff coming out about the Packers being pissed about um, things leaking, like first of all, you guys got to get this. The all the rumors about Aaron Rodgers have been swirling before weeks. They just didn't break. They someone leaked it on draft night, and I'm gonna be honest because I love John Lynch. It was probably the 49ers because the 49ers saw a little bit of leverage and they tried to put pressure on the Packers mm-hmm. because they had the third pick. If the Packers were smart, they probably should have took that. They could have had a franchise quarterback, whoever they wanted, and either Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or Mac Jones. Right, could have had any of those three guys. But now you're stuck in a situation where if you don't have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you're looking at a season where you see either Drew Locke or Jordan Love as your starter. Yeah. And that is not the situation you are. Because right now Aaron Rodgers could care less. He'll walk. He'll walk. Yeah, he and, and the Packers are of no room to talk. Because, look, people want to talk about, well, he has good off- offensive pieces around him. And look at what Devontae Adams has become. Look what um, Aaron Jones was. Bobby Tunyon. Bobby Tunyon. Look what they all become. But look, what have the Packers done in free agency? They have signed one big-name offensive weapon in free agency and the, since the Packers won the Super Bowl. Jimmy Graham. And they traded for him. Mm-hmm. An offensive lineman for him. And he was not good in the Packers. No, he they traded for him after his prime. They did nothing for him at all. It's And look, people go to... People, Randy Moss went to New England because of Tom Brady. People went to Tampa Bay because it's Tom Brady. Wes Walker came to Denver because of Peyton Manning. People came to places... TJ Ward, Akeem TJ, like also, The list goes on and on. Marcus Ware. Why were the Packers never in the talks for anyone? Anyone. They haven't had a single big free agency signing since Aaron Rodgers became the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. It's not that that uh, Aaron Rodgers has good weapons around him. He's had good weapons around him, but he's made them. He has made them. He is Without Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are the worst team in the league. I'll say it now. Their defense is lackluster, and they have Jordan Love at quarterback. They're going to win two games. No, that's and that's a bad thing, too. They're the worst team in that division easily. 
they have been investing in the defense like they have just an okay guy on the offense. They're investing in defense like they're going to have to hold everybody to 13 points in order to have a chance to win. When you have a three-time MVP, a three-time NFL MVP on the other side, possibly the best quarterback in the league still, talent-wise. And the reigning MVP. Yes, and they are building this team as a defensive-heavy team, yet their defense isn't dominant like you would expect because they've waited. Of the nine last first-round picks that they've had, one of them has been an offensive selection, and that was Jordan Love last year. They should have all of these guys continuing to just build that defense into something that nobody should be able to score on. And they get punked and punched in the mouth by any team who wants to be a little bit physical with them. Look at the NFC Championship two years ago against the 49ers. I know Mike Sh- or Kyle Shanahan is a great schemer of the of the game, and he knows how to set up runs to where you basically don't even have to touch anybody. It's going to be open based on the formation. But what they were able to do to that Packers defense, who was supposed to be one of the top, they just punched him and ran it right down their throat to where Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball like six times in the entire Jimmy game. Jimmy Garoppolo did nothing for the 49ers to make the Super Bowl. It was Raheem Mostert, Kyle Juszczyk, and that offensive line bullying people. And the Packers had no answer for that. Oh, and your, and your offense? Let's not forget what happened in the last game of the year for the Packers this year. You took the ball out. Matt LaFleur took the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Mm-hmm. People want to talk about that release of the wide receiver, which I don't even know his name. I apologize, who whoever it was, after Aaron Rodgers praised him. The tipping point was when Aaron Rodgers had the ball taken out of his hands to win the game. They kicked the field goal, and the game was basically over. Yeah, and then when he goes in host Jeopardy, one of the contestants gave him shit for it, too. He's like, why, didn't, why did you guys kick the field goal on fourth down and three? And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's never been one to not tell you exactly how he's feeling, or at least... You can always tell he's irritated. He might not say that he's he irritated. He never really outright, says it. It says it, yeah. He's he's good at giving the the hints and he's good at subtly telling you you guys fucked up. And that's what he did when the co- contestant it was like a joke answer to a final jeopardy because he wasn't going to be able to win and Aaron Rodgers stood there looked at the camera and went I don't have an answer for you. Yeah, I mean look at look at it this way. Aaron Rodgers he, he people want to label him as a diva, label him as all this. What has he said wrong? Because, look, that rumor, the trade rumors came out the week of the Kentucky Derby. You think he wanted to go to Sunday at the Kentucky Derby and worry about that? Those have been swirling for weeks now. He didn't want that to come out. He, It's not like he was like, you know what? I feel like fucking up the draft and making everybody lose their mind two hours before the draft starts. That never happened. That was released by some reporter somewhere down the road that they were interested, that there were talks he could be traded. And it wasn't Aaron Rodgers' fault. It's Like I said, Aaron Rodgers was worried about going to the Kentucky Derby with his buddies, A.J. Hawk, and the other guys from the Green Bay Packers that are no longer there except Bakhtiari, mm. and enjoying Kentucky Derby. And all the answers were at the Kentucky Derby was like, Aaron, where are you going? Aaron, where are you going? That's the last thing he wanted. Yeah, and I hate to burst anybody's bubble, but just because the NFL claims it's legal tampering, period, tampering goes on throughout the year. You're always having conversations with somebody about some sort of move. It's not just in the parameters that the NFL sets. So Same thing with the NBA. Yeah, Everybody does it. <laughs> that's, the NFL is transitioning more and more to the NBA when it comes to the offseason stuff, but that's another thing. It's This is not the first time this has been brought up, and the – for it to be this far along and for it to be this set that Aaron Rodgers does not want to be there, obviously the Packers have known about this for a long time. Everybody else in the league has known about this for a long time. And I think that was part of the whole 
leading up to the draft. I think teams in the back of their mind, like the 49ers, were getting trade packages ready. If this is true, if Aaron Rodgers is as unhappy as everybody says he is, as he says he is, we really need to make sure that we have a contingency in place. So Let's I'd like push to know. The envelope. I'd yep. like to know how many teams had a package set for the Packers. Like we will give you this year's draft pick in the first round, next year's two probably first round, next two years first round draft picks, a second and a player. Because I think that's probably what the Packers would have been able to get on draft night. Well, I mean, I I, I saw. I mean, I listen to Altitude Sports Radio every morning now because on my drive to work I have to drive forty five minutes, and that's how I wake up every morning. And they had a great conversation. There's probably seven teams in the league right now that should not be Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Those are Bucks with Tom Brady, Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. They threw Justin Herbert in there because he's great potential. Um, Lamar Jackson, um, Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. Was Cleveland one of them? Cleveland was not one of them, actually. That, um, that. They threw the Bengals in there with Joe Burrow because they're not there yet. They threw And they threw Trevor Lawrence in there with uh, the Jaguars because the Jaguars aren't going to win now with um, Aaron Rodgers. Those are the teams that should not be in the sweepstakes for Aaron Rodgers. Everyone else should be dialing up the phone. I, I would throw in the Browns for a similar. If the Browns had Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, they're already Super Bowl contenders. I think, that that I think, makes them the best team in the division. I'm sorry, but it does. I, I would say that they didn't need to be in this sweepstakes because of the fact that this is going to be the first quarterback since the Browns got brought back to start three seasons in a row for the Browns. They needed to have some sort of continuity, and if it was a season later, I would say that they're probably more in the sweepstakes. But also, if it's a season later, we might be looking at Baker Mayfield as a guy who does – because I see flashes of a guy who could win the Super Bowl in Baker Mayfield, especially with the team that they put around him. They, Kevin Stefanski is a lot smarter than Freddie Kitchens was, and we're seeing that. That's not more saying and more. much, though, well, Jimbo. Well, we're seeing that more and more now with what they did to the Steelers in the playoffs, pushing the Chiefs basically to the third and a half quarter before they were able to really take over the divisional round of the AFC. We're talking like a few calls here and there. We might be seeing a Browns Bills AFC championship, which would have blown the entire world up. That would have been something. Hey, very well could happen this year too. It's it's a more of a possibility this year. Um, but the NFL, we're going to be in for it's a long offseason. Off season, yep. um, other, just real quickly, a big free agent signing because we talked about it with the Chiefs when they released him. Eric Fisher did sign with the Indianapolis Colts. That Colts offensive line, man. I love. They I replaced love Anthony Cons- Anthony Costanzo with Eric Fisher. Well, I mean, Eric to, Fisher may not come back right away, yeah. but they'll at least have him for more than half the season. And when he comes back, he's going to be entered into an offensive line with Quentin Nelson and they have Jonathan Taylor and, and Mac behind them. They're, they're good. Like Carson Wentz went from a terrible situation in Philadelphia to a better situation, especially for a guy like him. He's going to be able to rely on the run game there. Um, so that's yeah, doesn't big. have to do a whole lot, that's for sure. Now let's transition to a little bit of baseball talk. And I only want Sadness, wanted, you mean? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wanted to bring it up mainly because we went. I trolled our own account. You tweeted out the walk-off with Charlie. That was great. They won the second game of that doubleheader. And I had to troll our own account because uh, when I was at work, that was what where I saw it. But in the first game of that doubleheader, Herman Marquez killed. went two thirds of an inning, gave up eleven runs, and we got absolutely donkeyed at home oh, by the San team, Francisco Giants. This team is so bad, man. Oh you, my god! You got so a great walk off win with Charlie Blackman. Chuck Nasty does it, but you also have to look at the fact that the, the game before that you lost eleven to two, and it wasn't it wasn't even that 
close. So. No, I, I saw this conversation of because um, I don't want to backtrack here, but I, I do think this is a little bit noteworthy of the greatest Rockies of all time. And I think Blackman deserves a po- possibly a shot, a shot in the top five. His longevity for so long, and if he stays a Rocky for the rest of his career, which probably is unlikely, but he is coming to the end of his career. He's had one of the better, more consistent players in Rockies history. And yeah. he, I mean, we never won anything while he was here, but we never won anything while anyone was here, so it doesn't matter. He's very similar to uh, Matt Holiday. I think Matt. I would Holliday say more would, cargo. Yeah, but well, I was gonna say Matt Holiday production-wise, but Matt, when Matt Holiday was here, we had Rocktober and the iconic Raspberry on the chin. Raspberry when he slides on the chin. Yep. Slides in at home and touches the Cardinals. Home. Touches no, no Padres against the Padres. Because oh, it, it was that was game one sixty three. Because it was a divisional game to see. No, no, no it, it was it was the game one sixty three. We were tied with the Padres and we had to win to get the wild or to get the wild card. You, and you have a better memory than I. Hey, that's that the that's the only time. that's the only baseball memory I have. That's fifteen years ago. Though. <laughs> that's the only baseball memory I have. Yeah. So give me a little bit of a break. But yeah, that was game one sixty three against the Padres. Um, Padres and the uh, manager at the time for the Padres is the manager for the Rockies right now, Bud Black. Fun Buddy fact. Black. Yeah, that was uh, weird. He how did, that he all did touch home back. Padres fans. Um, also, Arenado had his first series at Coors Field against the Rockies. Against the Rockies, wasn't at Coors Field. They were yeah, at, his they first were series against yeah. the Rockies since he got moved and absolutely destroyed us. Uh, made yeah. made it. We're, we are the worst team. Twisted the knife even the, a little Shout more. out the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> because we're not the worst team in baseball. Not the worst team in baseball. I was yet. looking today. I was about to put the Rockies are the worst team in baseball. Now we get to be stuck with the worst team in the National League because the Tigers. I'm going to pull up the standings here because when I saw this, I, we my, have one win on the road. I think, or maybe two. zero, two. We have oh, two we wins have two. on the road. How nice! <laughs> we're on pace to only win ten games on the road the entire season. Oh, but the Detroit Tigers right now have a minus sixty-eight run. Is it the All Star game yet? No. <laughs> so we can talk about baseball because well, I don't want to keep going with this. We'll talk about the All Star start break here in a second but the tigers have a minus 68 run differential the rockies only have a minus 24 hey you know what that's a positive honestly minus 24 isn't terrible we're also not even the the worst (laughs) run differential in the national league the pirates are at minus 38 honestly i see that as a positive (laughs) yeah you gotta find positive find the rainbow (laughs) uh i'm about to dash that here real quick speaking of the all-star break do you think trevor stories moved before the he has to be moved let's let's put it this way he has to be moved i love trevor Trevor plays with so much passion. I would love to keep him, but there is zero chance he stays. There is zero chance he stays. Do you think that they keep him for the All-Star break, though, since it's going to be at Coors and maybe have a representative? Oh, I don't know. what when is the trade deadline after? I believe the trade if it's deadline after, is after. If it's after, then you wait till after so that you can have a little bit of love so you can have at least one player I was in the All-Star I, I think organizationally you almost have to keep him around if you're able to. If it's past, I'm going to look that up Because the last time the Rockies hosted the All-Star game, we didn't have one guy. I don't believe. I may be wrong. I don't we think we had one guy. It was 96, and we were terrible, too. Yeah, it might, might have been Larry Walker. Um, but, yeah, I think you keep Trevor. He, he deserves a standing ovation with a full stance. He deserves an All-Star game tip of the cap. He deserves all that love. But you have to get something. Like I said, he's walking. You get something. Just do yourself a favor. Don't trade him to the Yankees. I'm sorry. Don't trade him to the Yankees. The Yankees don't gonna deserve It's going to be very it. difficult to turn down the price that the Yankees are going well, no, no, to pay. Well, no, no. That's free agency, though. But the Yankees really don't have that great of a farm system. No. You could get more farm system from the Rangers. You offer to pay a lot of his contract, though. 
that's that's also that's also true. And the Rockies, well, the Rockies <laughs> well, gave mean, a lot of money to pay yeah. Arenado's contract. Maybe, they maybe, might want to take yeah, maybe the surplus. Maybe all we have to do is tell the Yankees just to pay the fifty million to St. Louis for us. Well, maybe, can, can we can we pull that stipulation in there? Because I mean, that I, I'll take that deal then, just straight up like that. I think that we could probably do a three some sort of a three way trade by that. And I, I did get the dates. So the trade deadline is July thirtieth. The All Star Game is July thirteenth. Oh yeah, then so you, keep, you keep Trevor. Be, you keep Trevor for the All Star Game. Let him have his coup de gras, and then have let let him and Nolan be on the field together at Coors Field one last time at shortstop and third base. Yeah, and then you then you go off into oblivion and trade everybody. And I rebuild. wouldn't mind seeing Trevor Story in the home run derby too. I mean, he's he's been jacking up a lot of home runs. So he's got to. He's the only one that can <laughs> can score for the scores, Rockies. Yeah. Uh, if they if they don't hit home runs, they don't really score all that much. I'm gonna I'll get his um, home runs on the season, but he, I believe he does I mean, lead. The they team. usually throw one hometown guy in the home run derby. I'm pretty sure. No matter what, I think yeah. they always do. Ryan McMahon is leading the team. Actually, because well, McMahon had that game where he had four home runs. Yeah, he's got eight on the season. Story and Tapia are tied at four for uh, third. They're tied for yeah. third at, on the team. Yeah, McMahon had Nunez like four has home runs. five. And Nunez has played decently. He's a pretty decent. I mean, look, this team sucks. Yeah. So like, I'm not talking about much here, but he's played decently. Like, he's decent for the Rockies. That's that's what I'll say. He's a good starting. You gotta for the you Rockies. gotta rebuild. I love Trevor, but get something back in return, please. Yeah, we need just please something. I don't care what it is. Something to make up for the mistake. You're not you going to be able to make up for it. You're, you you got to look past that. You just got to get something. It's got to be a positive. It, it doesn't have to make up for the whole thing, but it's got to be a positive from what Brightish left you. Because, and I'm starting to wonder if it's maybe a little bit unfair to completely put that all on Brightish because it's starting to seem like the owners had a lot more to do with it and Brightish well, just ended I up mean, being the fall guy. I mean, we can throw this back to when Kelly Smith McGregor passed away back in, I believe it was 2011, and the Mumfords bought the team. Kelly Smith McGregor was the person that originated that 2017. He unfortunately passed away from cancer, and that team was off his back. He's a person that got cargo back for Matt Holiday. Mm-hmm. Matt Holiday wasn't traded to the Cardinals. He was traded to the Athletic. And the Rockies got something back. That's a smart general manager and owner. They were like, you know what? We're gonna send you somewhere with the best package to help us out. Mm-hmm. You you have one year left on your deal, which Trevor does. You can send Trevor to a half a season in fucking Oakland. I don't care, and then let him sign wherever he wants. By the way, Oakland's gonna move, which is also stupid. That came out today. That- uh, that's that's more pressure on the politicians to. Renovate the stadium. Yeah, the MLBs. But I think that'd be a travesty because I th- I think Oakland has a Oakland's a fun team to watch. They're winning some games, and I think it, that stadium it's just the aura behind it. Yeah, like like Oakland Athletics, like Las Vegas Athletics. Hell no, no, and Hell they've no. already don't, had... don't give me a Vegas not a baseball team just because the hockey team did decently. Don't do that to me. They're going to get a basketball team eventually, but don't give me a baseball team already. I think the other thing. With Oakland, we've already seen like Marshawn Lynch that picture from a couple of years ago. He was arguing to the city council in slides and sandals and in athletic shorts. But they've already fought so hard. I think the MLB is finally oh they're a, fed up. They're, they're like we're done because the MLB basically came to the organization and said we're going to force you to start taking bids from other cities, and if you don't, we're going to. It's probably not a great thing, but they could withhold revenue. Some of the shared revenue, they can withhold it if the MLB considers them to be a detriment to the actual overall organization. Well, I, I mean, you could throw this back. I mean, look, the the Warriors even, mm-hmm. um, they 
uh, I'm trying to look this up real quick, but the Warriors the were in Oakland. The um, the Raiders were there. The now the Athletics. It'd be a shame. Oakland is a great sports town that deserves teams, but um, they are just striking out. Yeah, they've not had very good luck at all with any of their guys. While you're looking that up, we can bring up the next talking point for the MLB. Basically, why MLB made the cut this this week to be in the recap. Albert Pujols was cut in the last year of his 10-year mega deal. Stupid. It, Just let him Not retire. the way that a lot of people would have handled it. I saw today how you normally handle a guy like that is you uh, put him on the IL, and then they can people can forget about him, and then let him go. whatever happens yeah. happens after that. And, and going back to what I was saying, yeah, the Warriors left Oakland too. They're in San Francisco now too. Yeah. So, that, so the city of Oakland, you're about to lose three teams in the matter of five years. Yeah. You lose the Warriors to go to San Francisco. You lose the Raiders to Vegas. And now you're about to lose the Athletics because your city council can't figure out how to salvage a sports team for a town that is one of the most prolific um, te- like cities in California. Mm-hmm. No, it would be a shame to not have professional sports in Oakland anymore. Similar, I mean... St. Louis still has the Cardinals and they still have the Blues, but when the Rams got moved originally, there was a lot of people up in arms about that. Kroenke, hey, Kroenke is not the that. most Kroenke's fun fan not, of sports right Kroenke's now. He's pissing off sports fans. Uh, hey, your son's cool though. Stand, yeah. uh, Josh is cool. Stan, I don't know. Uh, thankfully, we know now that he's Stan is no longer running anything to do with the, the Avalanche or the Nuggets yeah. here, and he's focused more on the Rams and pissing off the St. Louis Rams fan base and pissing and off Arsenal FC Arsenal, yep. because. I know the guy that Barstool has is a big Arsenal fan, and he's out there, and I can understand like every third word because when he gets going, he speaks way British, and I can't understand that accent. He is. Uh, Pat, they, they organized like a thirty thousand person protest outside. of Soccer the in Europe is unreal. That's why it's that's why it's a bucket list for me. I want to go to a soccer game in Europe, especially a Premier League game in Europe. That's just Make sure you're wearing nuts. the right colors on the right oh, side yeah. of the field. Oh, yeah, that's true. Very true. Make sure you do a lot. Listen to Insert Name FC. Shout out our friends there on the Unhinged Sports Network and make sure that you're in the right color scheme for whatever team you're going. Because if not, you'll get jumped. And I'd, I don't want to see that. I've, I've saved you from one jumping. The hooligans, I don't know if I can handle. Yeah, I can I handle some wannabe ghetto people, ghetto seventh, year, seventh graders in Vegas. I mean, to be fair, I have a, I have a soccer team. It's it's German, Germany, yeah. and Bayern Munich. That's That's my team. But they dominate every year, so it doesn't matter. So, Jimmy doesn't know about that. There's your soccer talk for the week. week. Um, But, yeah, I agree with – I talked about it with Kelsey on the high heater that you guys will be able to hear tomorrow on the Unhinged Sports Network. This was not the way to handle it. I think this could cause a lot of dissension in the locker room, and the Angels are already – last in their division it's it's not it's yeah the angels you you're wasting one of the best careers in baseball mike trout could go down as one of the best players baseball has ever had it's going to take a lot it's going to take a lot but he could go down as one of the all-time greats and they've done nothing for him this is this is this is a terrible analogy or a terrible comparison but this is aaron Rodgers. What have you done for him? You brought it. You bring in Rendon. You bring in Shohei Otani, but you don't fix anything else. Your pitching besides Otani is trash. Your your fielding is trash. You all you see is big bats. You're like, we're gonna go hit 15 home runs a game and win ball games. That doesn't work for baseball. If you don't have pitching and your bats are not off on a good night, your pitching needs to help you out. They haven't had any pitching since I believe Dan Heron, or even you could go back to um, oh my gosh. 
I can't even think of the names. I, there's uh, there's a few. Skaggs, the pitcher that unfortunately passed away from yep, the drug do, overdose. Yep. He was going to be – he was kind of the next in line. He was their ace but at the time that he did pass. Um, but they really – they spend a lot of money, and they have a lot of money to spend, but they spend it in all the wrong places. Because They're they in shouldn't LA, have paid. Yeah. They shouldn't have paid pool hosts the amount of money that they did for well, – I mean, the 10 pool. years ago it made sense, but now it doesn't. That's why you don't sign people to 10-year deals, <laughs> Padres. Well, yeah, and Pujols was definitely closer to the Bonnie, Bobby Bonilla end of that spectrum towards even – I think they got three really good years that constituted the amount of money he was getting out of them, and then after that it wasn't the Albert Pujols that was – people feared Albert Pujols to come up to the plate in St. Louis. Albert Pujols hasn't been feared for about five years. No, hey, I look, the dude yeah. is a Hall of Famer, but he hasn't been feared for a very long time. It's unfortunate because he had the ability, if he played the full season in a limited capacity, he's at 667 career home runs. Had the ability, if he has a good year, at least to be close enough to 700 to warrant coming back for another season somewhere. I still think that he might get picked up. We said it on the high heater with Mitch. It really feels like a reunion in St. Louis. Yeah, it's probably it makes a likely, lot of yeah. sense. The only bad part about that is it's a National League team, and Pujols is at the point physically where he can't be in the field. Even at first base, he's almost a liability at first base right well, now. Well, you could do the uh, – um, I remember this because he was one of my favorite players for the Rockies. I know this is weird to say it, but Jason Jambi. When he was done with the Yankees, he came over for the Rockies. He was a pinch hitter. Yeah. He was a glorified pinch hitter. He was the big bat that you bring up in the eighth inning. That was it. And why not do that? He could. If Poo, all you got to say is, Pujols, go pop some more roids and just try to hit home runs over hey, the fence. Hey. Hey. I, I, hey. I mean, he hasn't been caught yet. Hey, Medina's so. spirit is in more hot seat, <laughs> is in more of the hot seat for, drugs, for PEDs than Pujols. That's fair. Not going to allow that Pujols slander on this podcast. Um, but yeah, I think they could have handled it a lot better. We'll see what happens with the angels, but it's not really going to affect them team wise because no, they're yeah. dead last in they're the division. As it is. Um, now moving on to the NBA and then we'll get to some NHL recap before we get into the break. But, uh, we had history occur over the weekend. Russell Huge Westbrook history. is the new triple double King broke a 30 year plus record set by Oscar Robertson now has 181 triple doubles on his career. Uh, first uh, first question that I had coming out of this, how long do you think this record will stand with Russell It'll Westbrook? stand for a very long time. I was saying this on the cast the other night or on Tuesday night. Um, this record will be shattered. I think Russell Westbrook has the opportunity to double what Oscar Robinson held. I think he, he is going to burst this record, and it's not even going to be Westbrook. I said I said on the cast, like I said, I think by, the, by 10 years from now, Oscar Robinson will be fifth on the list. He won't even be one. I think there's there's a lot of good chances because the game we are seeing now, point guards are going to get rebounds and big men are are being playmakers of the ball. Mm-hmm. Also, Jokic. That's that's a great person to show. Yeah. And Westbrook, again, grabbing rebounds. The dude's got bunnies. Like what we're seeing from the game is just completely different. Westbrook is is a great player, and it's just very unfortunate that KD snaked his ass because he should have a ring. I mean, you, you could go back to when they were playing the big three in Miami where they had their own big three, but they didn't know they had it. Mm-hmm. They had Harden, they had um, KD, and Westbrook. Three MVPs all on the same team, and how young they were. How dumb was Sam Presti to trade away Harden? Because the potential there could have been unbelievable. But, yeah, Westbrook, man, he will go down as a top ten point guard of all time. Yes, I said that. He will go down as a top ten point guard of all time, and I think – his potential to keep doing this for so many years is unbelievable because he is 
Derrick Rose is like because what we saw from Derrick Rose in his MVP season, the only reason why I compared it to is because D. Rose had a very similar play style of getting up and down, up and down, and just full speed sprints. D. Rose got derailed with the injury. Westbrook mm-hmm. hasn't had that. Westbrook has no, been very healthy. Westbrook has been very, very healthy for a lot of years. And the way he jumps out the gym and the way he take, takes care of his body, we could see him do this for another 10 years. No, he, and I think this solidifies Hall of Fame status, whether he gets oh, a ring 100%. or not, because he has an all-time record. And he's he could become, I mean, it's not on the same level as Gretzky because Gretzky basically did this yeah. with all the records and in no the one's NHL. On the same, no one's on the same level as Gretzky. But he could do with this triple-double record what Gretzky did with all of his records and put it so far out of reach that you don't even care about getting the all-time record. You just want You're to looking for the, second place. Yeah, you want to be the next best. You want to be the next guy that beats Oscar Robertson at this point because I, I do agree with you. I think Russell Westbrook... He doesn't seem to be slowing down. No, not at all. And he just gets shops around. Yeah. I hope either. I mean, look, Washington, they're not. This is going to be a really hot take. They're not that great of a sports town. They they have been gifted with Ovechkin. The District of Columbia, this not just, the state. Yeah, not the state. District of Columbia. They're not. They're not that great of a sports town. Washington football team. Pun intended. Back in the nineties. Back in the back in the nineties were good, but the Wizards have always kind of been washed for so many years. I hope he goes somewhere. Honestly, I hope he he returns to either um, OKC to to lead that young team to possibly promised land, or he goes somewhere where he can win a championship because. We are running into the Chris Paul scenario where Chris Paul was on a team that was okay in New Orleans. He gets doesn't get traded to L.A. Um, he, to Lakers. He then gets traded to the Clippers. Or, sorry, he gets traded to the Clippers. Gets to Doesn't even get out of the second round of the playoffs. Very similar to Westbrook. Um, and then you get shopped around for a few years. Hopefully that doesn't happen to Russ. I hope that he can find a home, whether that be in Washington or, or wherever. But the dude has the potential to be a top five point guard of all time. He just has to get a ring. Mm-hmm. No, it's that's a bad thing. We were talking about it last week when we were discussing Ryan Miller. He is the, Ryan Miller is the winningest goaltender in U.S. born goaltender in NHL history, and has the silver medal in the Olympics, which doesn't really mean anything when it comes to NHL Hall of Fame voting. When you don't have your name on the cup, it's very difficult, or even in the playoffs at all. Yeah, he has he has very very minimal playoff stats. I mean, Russ Westbrook has playoff stats, but Ryan Miller had zero. Yeah, like he he was non-existent. The only reason why the Sabers were somewhat competitive was because of Ryan Miller, and with Russell Westbrook, the Wizards were a lottery team last year. Well, I mean, even at the beginning of the season, with the we. We were kind of the leaders of the Free Beal campaign. We were always – I know you tweeted the Photoshop of him in a Nuggets uniform a few times early on in the season, and they've completely turned themselves around from what even they, they were. They're going to be a deadly team in the, in the play-in. I'll tell you that right now. They're not going to be a team that's going to go away easily. No, they, they have a good chance to actually be in the playoff tournament, the actual playoff tournament once the play-in's over. Uh, elsewhere around the NBA – the Celtics uh, have an injury. Brown's going to be done for the rest of the season. Huge he loss. Tore a ligament in his wrist, and uh, they're already fighting for the play-in spot. Boston is. It, I mean, with Miami winning on Tuesday night, that basically secures them as a six seed. Mm-hmm. So Boston is going to be in the play-in tournament, and they're going to run into Washington, or they're going to run into Charlotte, or they're going to run into somebody. And they very there's a good chance Boston doesn't make playoffs. ESPN. Tatum, Tatum is a bucket. But they don't got much else. No. ESPN is going to be crying when the Celtics don't even make it into the actual playoff bracket of the NBA this season. And they have to talk about Washington or Charlotte. They're going to be beside themselves. And then if the Lakers end up not 
I mean, if the Lakers be, come back healthy they, and win a few playoff series, they'll be fine. But if the Lakers don't come back at full strength and oh, look the, la- the way that they did. The last thing ESPN wants is a Utah, Phoenix, or Denver NBA Finals against the Bucks. Because that is small market city standing up. Yeah. Screw Brooklyn. Screw Philly. Screw both LAs. Let's go small market teams. That's what I'm rooting for. No coast bias. If, if, the, if the Nuggets don't go far in the playoffs, I'm rooting. Oh, oh man. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. I will be rooting for the small market teams, not specifically the Jazz, but I will be rooting for the we small market teams. We never specifically come out and say the Jazz, but we will just root for the small market teams. Small team. market teams, yep. Yeah, there we go. It's like uh, Ohio State, TTUN. Mm-hmm. Not not Michigan, TTUN. Um, and then let's, let's get – the last story that we'll talk about with the oh, NBA, then we might take we a go, break. Um, but we'll leave. We'll. I'll give you a good chance to respond to this. It's Nick Wright who made the statement, correct? Yep, Nick Wright. Nick Wright came out basically the day after Kendrick Perkins made a big rant about why Jokic shouldn't be in the MVP conversation. Carry on. If you don't follow Kendrick Perkins on Twitter, you don't understand that reference. But then Nick Wright comes out and basically tries to give an explanation for the slander that he's been putting on the Nuggets and Jokic. And it just made him seem like an even bigger dick. And it basically came out and said, ESPN is actively rooting against any team not based out of Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, any of those big markets. Well, first of all, Nick Wright works for Fox. But, I mean, still. I'm counting counting ESPN because Fox isn't even big enough to be counted under ESPN Sports Media. Goes both ways. But first of all, okay, let's, let's, let's dive it deep into these comments. Nick Wright came out and said, well, who cares about the Denver Nuggets? Who, why, why would I talk about Jokic? It's bad for ratings. Well, I'll tell you who cares about the Denver Nuggets. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Utah Jazz and Clippers fans. Ask them if they care about the Denver Nuggets. Ask them if they cared about their team losing a 3-1 lead to a bunch of scrubs in the Mahai City. Ask them about that. Because you know what? This team deserves your respect. Nick Wright does not care. The reason why takes like that happen, takes like that happen is what causes super teams. Causes players to leave their cities, leave what they built. Because when people don't get respect because they're not on a big team, they this happens. Mm-hmm. This happens. And Nick Wright is just making everybody lose their mind for right reasons. Because Nick Wright is an idiot and he doesn't know who he's talking about. Yes, I'm name-calling here, but Nick Wright, look at the stats Jokic has put up. He said, and I quote, this will be the worst MVP we've had in 30 years. Statistically, Jokic is on pace to have the top a top-five statistical record or statistical season in NBA history. Not for centers. All-time, statistically, top five in most assists, points, rebounds, steals, defensive efficiency, offensive efficiency, all those, and you're saying this dude doesn't deserve it because he plays in Denver. That's, if that's your best excuse for a guy not winning MVP, you don't deserve to be an analyst anymore. You don't. You don't. Look, and I, 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 people are saying, well, Nico, you're biased because he plays in Denver. If Donovan Mitchell or if Rudy Gobert, as much as I don't like the Jazz, if they were in this situation where they were having the numbers like this and people like Chris Paul, who was putting up numbers that Kyle Lowry put up last year and that Kyle Lowry wasn't even in the uh, the MVP discussion at all, mm-hmm. is, in the, is in the MVP discussion, that's terrible. Because, look, 
Chris Paul, I didn't realize the MVP trophy was a uh, um, lifetime achievement lifetime award. achievement award. I didn't realize that because 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 that's what we're looking at. Well, Chris Paul's had a great career. Chris Paul has done so much for Phoenix. Phoenix is a playoff team, with or without Chris Paul. They're fighting for the eighth seed. They're uh, number two seed because of Chris Paul. Don't get me wrong, but they're a playoff team. This Nuggets team without Nikola Jokic, if Jamal Murray was hurt, Michael Porter Jr. was the best player on this team. The Nuggets are a lottery team. The Nuggets are nothing without Nikola Jokic, like the Bucks are with Giannis. They're nothing without Giannis. The Sixers were winning games without Embiid. The Lakers, I mean, they're not playing well, but without LeBron, they were, they're, they were they still were okay. in playoff contention. Yeah, they're still a playoff team. The Nuggets without Nikola Jokic, listen to the words, most valuable player. If we are dis- diminishing the award of most valuable player, make another award for best offensive player because that's what football does. They have MVP, most valuable player of the league, and then they have the best offensive player because they have two, two separate awards. Do that because you already have the best defensive player of the year award. Make best offensive player of the year award because it's disrespectful that, Jokic is not, is, that there's a conversation about Jokic not even getting it. He should be a. I mean, if he's not a finalist, top three finalist in the MVP. If he's not top we, two, then it's stupid. We know what happened at that point. If it's not Jokic, at least one, winning the award or being in the top two, I agree. I mean, look, look. I'll say one more thing. Just come out and say it, ESPN. Just come out and say it at Fox Sports. He doesn't look the part. Just say it. You can say it. Be blatant with yourself and say he doesn't look the part. Because that's all. How- that's that's all we hear. Constantly, yeah. Jokic. Well, Jokic, but but this guy. Well, Jokic, but this guy. Just say it. Jokic doesn't look the part. That's all you have to say, and then I'll, you'll gain my respect back. That would be. I mean, if you, it would make them realize how stupid they really are and how much they're taking away from the game. If they were just to be, they're they're already looking stupid. But at, right now, they don't at least come out and diminish what they mean to sports. At this point, they're still trying to have some sort of a guys. That it's actually about the game, and it's not. Jokic has is averaging right now twenty six points, ten rebounds, and eight assists, eight and a half assists a game. Nobody else averages a triple double other than the guy named Russell Westbrook at this point in the league. Nobody else does this kind of stuff. I know that Steph Curry had the month where he scored five hundred plus points, or two hundred eighty plus points, and forty three pointers in a month. That's insane, and everybody loves to see that because the three point contest is a really big attraction. Just like how if if Jokic I know Jokic dunked in the last few games that we've watched. If Jokic threw down dunks like Blake Zion. Griffin or yeah. Zion, Blake Griffin in his prime, then we're not ta- we're not having this fucking conversation. You're if not he at did all. one thing that if obviously he does things very well on the basketball court, but if he did one thing that was flashy, then ESPN or TNT it's not or, even conversation. It's yeah. they have something to latch onto, but they don't have that. And now you're starting to see these sports journalists don't really give a shit about the sports part. They are becoming just journalists where they're not looking for accuracy. They're looking, they're looking for, for views for, and listens. You click on me and listen to me speak, and I'm going to spew this bullshit over this microphone, but you know what? That's, you got to listen because I'm, a, I'm a, from ESPN. No. If yep. you're a sports fan, you know what's going on, and that's where I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it because I don't know enough about basketball to have that much of an opinion, but I – Studied communications. I want to be in sports media. We have microphones. We said this a couple weeks ago. I have the microphone. I can say whatever the fuck I want. I'm I'm standing up right now saying that ESPN is a entertainment based business. They are not right. a sports. And it used based to not business. be like that. Yes, it used to not be like that. 
That's uh, we'll, we'll leave that there. That was a little bit. We're going to be keep going on with that every week. I guarantee you, every week until the MVP voting comes out, we will be doing that. So yeah. don't worry about that. Let's uh, let's do our most dominant team of the week real quick, and then when we come back on the other side of the break, we'll recap a little bit of the NHL because the playoffs do start this weekend, and I do want to talk about that. But we're coming up on an hour, so most dominant team of the week or most dominant of the week, and I'll go first for for this one. I have Canelo Alvarez with his round eight TKO. Billy Joe Saunders uh, actually had a little bit of adversity. Billy Joe had a good middle rounds of that fight. Uh, Canelo then decided to break his orbital bone with an uppercut, and it was an absolute. I mean, Billy Joe didn't want the fight to be over, but the corner was like, you, "You're gonna die. He's gonna shove your eye bone through your brain, and that's what's gonna happen." Um, so Canelo Alvarez, by the way, the last fight he lost was in 2013 against Floyd Mayweather when he was 19. Dude's unreal, best boxer in the world. Jamie, I'll, I'll let you slide by. He kind of cheated a little bit with most dominant team of the league getting a guy. But I'll let it slide. Uh, my most dominant team of the week, Bayern München. Like I said earlier, nine straight um, Bundesliga titles. That's hard to do in any sport. Nine straight championship titles in the, I would, I'm not going to say best league in the world, but like second or third tier league in the world. Premier League obviously takes, in, in England, is, is takes premise. Mm-hmm. But um, Bayern München has been dominant for so long, and they just secured their ninth Excuse me, their ninth Bundesliga title. So, like I said, I, I I was watching soccer a little bit this weekend. Threw some money on the under hitting, and they scored five goals. So that didn't help me out. But I had them winning, so I covered. So it's okay. No, I don't know anything about soccer. So, I mean, congrats. And that is, that's true. Winning nine straight professional championships, no matter what league you're in. I mean, even the minor league teams don't have nine straight champions or anything like that. But... That's going to bring us to the break. We'll hear a couple messages from our partners at the Unhinged Sports Network, and when we come back, we'll recap some NHL and then get into our segments because we got some fun topics to discuss this week. That's coming up here on the second half of the Far End of the Bench on the Unhinged Sports Network. What's up, bench warmers of the Unhinged Sports Network? We got another thing to, to get to because, you know, nobody likes dealing with cable companies in 2020. And here at the Unhinged Sports Network, we wanted to cater to you guys to go into the new age, cut your cable cords, with Fubo TV, we have a new link, a new partnership. You can go to the link in our bio, and if you sign up for a subscription through that link, you will kick back a little bit of money to the Unhinged Sports Network so we can continue to bring great content all across this platform. And we got big things coming up in 2021, so you're going to have to get in on this, and we're helping you out in the process. Yeah, make, make your life easier, man. No one likes dealing with cable companies. You don't get half the channels. Um, sometimes there's blackouts. That's not present with Fubo. You can get whatever you want. I can watch Sunday Night Football with no sweat. I can watch the, or, TN, or I can watch basketball on TNT anytime I want. Um, get, be sure to use Fubo, man. I'm definitely going to use it. I hate paying for cable, so I'm going to be using that right right now as we speak, if we're being honest, and I want to make sure to get on that deal so now it's your turn to do the same. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network. Cut your cable cord. Come into the digital age. Thanks, guys. Benchwarmers, we have another new partnership that we're talking about, Atemi Sports. We reached out to them, and they were gracious enough to offer us an affiliate position. So we have a new link in our link tree, at Pod, Instagram and Twitter. Go there, because they got great resistance bands for working out. Also good resistance bands for PT if you're having to overcome an injury, because I know we have a lot of 
uh, athletes that listen to the show and then also with the men's league we might have to invest in some Atemi sports bands so that we can recover after games yeah we're gonna have to stress ourselves out for sure but I mean it's a weird world we're living in gyms being closed whatever it may be um, wherever you are in the country check out Atemi sports because like I said those bands are great for at-home workouts if you don't have much you use a cheap price just go through our link you can check out whatever they have um, and get you a quick workout in not even 30 minutes every single day and stay in shape during these tough times yeah use the link in our link tree and make your purchase through that way it comes a little bit back to us so we can continue to make good content for you guys and continue to uh, work through our tech technical difficulties that we've been dealing with throughout this show so atemi sports follow them on instagram at atemi sports also on twitter and then use the link in our link tree when you go and buy your, your workout equipment and your resistance bands Welcome back, Benchwarmers. Thank you guys for sending through those uh, partnership ads that we had. Fanatics, it's uh, playoff season starting. We're, you're going to start hearing a new Fanatics ad from us instead of the one that we put out around the All-Star break. But NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs starting to heat up, and the NFL draft just came. And I know you guys saw I posted it on our account at FEOTB Pod. But I, I did invest in my new stripes. I do now have a Joe Burrow jersey, so I don't have to just rock the Anthony Munoz Hall of Famer orange one around. I have the new black one. Oh, it looks fire. I love those Bengals new unis. I may have to grab me a uh, Sertan number two jersey. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm I love I love the single digits. I think it's dope. So yeah. if you're a fan of any of those teams, because there's, there's a few guys that are switching. The Sean Jackson's wearing one now, I think. Um, there's a few other notable ones. But there's that's I cool. Hope. I told you yesterday, I was looking for a Jamar Chase white number one. They, they don't have it in yet, yep. but that's the next one that I'm looking forward to, and that's going to be my first single-digit my first single digit jersey ever. I've never worn single digits when I was playing, and I never got the single digits of the guys that I was watching, but that's going to be... Well, I mean, actually, technically, that's your second, because Joe Burrow's oh, nine. Well, there you go. There's your first. It's kind I of, never thought after Carson that? Palmer left, I never thought that I'd be wearing a number nine Bengals jersey as the starting quarterback of the franchise. But look, here we are. Here again. you are. We're in a single digit number. Paul Rudd. So look at us. Who would have thought? Us. Who'd have thought? I, not me. Um, let's talk about some NHL. Speaking of, is basically not basically every single the playoff teams are set. There's still seating, some seating yeah, things to, to go on. And last night was huge in that. But let's talk about some of the other storylines before we get to the Avalanche first. John Tortor or Tortorella is no longer going to be – I don't know if his first name is John. That's why I, I think it's John. It's John, yeah. Torts is no longer going to be the head coach in Columbus. Uh, his contract was up, and the team basically said, we're not going to renew you, which is interesting with the Seattle Kraken. They have not hired a head coach yet. Tortorella, if you're going to try and start a team from scratch, That's probably want a guy, want a guy like Torts. You either want a guy like Torts or I would say a Quenville, but a guy who's going to bring some sort of a culture that everybody who's playing for him knows what that's going to be, and and that's going to be your biggest road, easiest path to success. Yeah, so. I mean, it's kind of weird, though, that they did it with, with like two weeks left because they did say it like last week before we or after we recorded, and with two weeks left in the season, I just thought it was such weird timing. The guy, the why, like, I don't understand – "Quote unquote," firing a coach and letting him coach the last couple of games. I don't yeah. get that. Like, just wait. 
Like you, look, it, it's it's destined to happen. It made sense because Columbus is not a contender anymore. They're rebuilding, and Torts needs to be with a contender. He's not a rebuilding coach anymore. At this point, it's clear he's not a rebuilding coach. Mm. But why do you do that with, with one week left? You're basically saying Torts go out there and lose. And what does that send a message to your fans? Yeah, or the guys left on the team. Or the guys left on the team. This coach won't be your coach anymore, but since we're tanking, we're going to keep him out there. That sends a terrible message. That just shows why Columbus is a terrible hockey club for so many reasons. I mean, Torts did what he could. They still haven't won a playoff series, I don't think, but they were in the playoffs for four straight seasons under Columbus, didn't they have that? Oh, they upset Tampa. They won. So that's one playoff series that they've won in franchise history. But they've made the playoffs four years in a row. It's not like they haven't been having success, but they had their window with him, and it's already passed. They're ready to move on. So I get that, get it from that sense. Um, and I think, like I said, him, him being hired as the first head coach in Seattle, crack in history. If you want to talk about starting off a team on like three steps ahead of where you normally would, that would be a big move for them. Um, but let's go through the playoff teams in each division first. And uh, we'll kind of we'll talk about that as we go through. But starting in the central, the four teams, Carolina, Florida. I think Carolina solidified the number one spot. Yep. They, they solidified the number one seed in the central. Uh, Florida, Tampa Bay at the two and three. Nashville snuck in as the four. So Dallas, even though their late season push after the COVID late start, didn't quite finish out the way they wanted. But Nashville is going to be the fourth team in the central. Um any any kind of I mean obviously Tampa. I think Nashville is a surprise but uh, Tampa is going to win this division. I know I, I look Tampa is going to come back firing. It's it's very very hard to knock off the reigning champs. I don't care what league, what sport it is. The reigning champs have that chip on their shoulder that they want to come back and try to do it again. That they they know how to get to the big one. And I look at Carolina. I look at Florida, especially in Nashville too. None of those teams have any experience. Nashville, a little bit. That was like four years ago. Mm-hmm. None of those teams have any experience going deep in the playoffs. No, the only team that the next most experienced team is the Carolina Hurricanes. And looking at where Tampa Bay ended up finishing, that first round series against Florida is not going to be. It's not going to be as easy as you probably once thought. But it's not a difficult series for the first round. You got to also remember that's very favorable for Tampa. They can stay home. Yeah, they they can stay home and. Like they don't have to travel. Hey, this guy that hasn't played all season Kucherov, and is yeah. probably the best setup man in the NHL, Nikita Kucherov's coming back. And he's going to be all rested. He's going to have the freshest legs, fresh as a daisy. You still got Braden Point. You still got Coleman. You still got Hedman. And hey, this guy named Vasilevsky between the pipes. And that I think they were really trying to game the system. They're going to get Carolina probably in the second round, and that's going to be, I think, a tougher series. I think it goes six or seven, but it's difficult – other than the only team, other team out of the central that I see coming through the playoffs is Carolina, but that's going to be a tall task for them. Like you said, I think final Tampa Bay was basically guaranteed a final four spot from everybody at the beginning of the season. And it's even though they finished third, which is a surprise, it's going to be probably that way. Yeah, let's let's when we go through the divisions, let's give some predictions. So I'm going to go Tampa here. You know, Tampa as well. Um, I'll go Carolina because I do like what they have cooking. Okay. And, and I think that they're, they're maybe ready to take that next step. If I'm going to say the Avs are ready to take that next step, i got to think that another Carolina team is. So, be. Carolina. I think the Avs and Carolina are two different stories, though. Could be. Well, 
it'll be I'm I'm interested for that second round matchup. I'm gonna be watching all of the playoff hockey games. Oh, I will be too for most of them at least. Well, I'll be live tweeting the Avs games, but I'll be watching. If all we're not of color casting, shout out color cast. Yes, we'll be live yes. tweeting it. Yep. Um. So you got Tampa in the Central. I got Carolina in the East. The four playoff teams: Pittsburgh, and they are the number one seed. Washington, Boston, and then New York fell from number one down to number four. Uh, the Islanders, right? Yeah, the Islanders, not the Rangers. The Rangers. Yep basically fell apart and then they got their ass thoroughly kicked oh badly. all of last week yep. on and off the ice uh dolan i didn't even Do- dolan i didn't realize that actually. he owned the rangers i thought that he just owned the knicks <laughs> i i, and then to- I all told those rangers fans were like shit he does own the rangers too. I, I told you dolan was pro- is probably the worst owner in sports right now shout or um shout out uh cronky though because cronky's giving him a run he's, for his money he's trying he's trying <laughs> but um, i try to tell you how bad dolan is with the knicks and he did it for the rangers what do you think about that whole carl carl it's not no wilson tom wilson, tom wilson situation yeah. well i mean look the was initial, it the initial what, scrum happened after we recorded last yeah week. was it a cheap shot yeah it was was it retaliation warranted? Yes, it was. We can't look. We're trying. The NHL is trying to get away from fighting and all that, but their force enforcers still have a way in this game. There is still, I would argue, at least one player on every single good team in the league that's quote unquote enforcer. I wouldn't count Tom Wilson as an enforcer. I know. I know. I'm just. I'm just yeah. saying in general. Yes. I'm just saying in general, and those guys are out there to make sure to set the tone. And when a guy does that, you have to set the tone. You have to. Look, all these teams played each other all season for 56 games. Yeah. That's annoying as it is. We, we should have knew this was going to happen when Bettman thought of this stupid idea. They had to do this because it's Canada and their dumbass rules of COVID. But when you, when you tell every team that you're only going to play your teams in the division and you're going to play a playoff series, this is not baseball where they fucking play four-game series, but they play the team from a different team every week. And some teams they don't see for months on end. The Avs played the Kings last week, played them there, or playing them this week. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, Rangers played the Capitals two weeks ago. One week later, they faced Tom Wilson again. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, and th- funny thing enough, funny enough, going into the Monday night game, Tom Wilson was suspended for their previous series against the Rangers, and then he came back from a seven-game suspension. Really, all this, all Wednesday night proved to me: one, the Rangers have absolutely nobody on their team who can fight or hold. They have their no own. idea what they're doing either. You know, they they don't know how to fight. Two, Bettman should have just suspended Tom Wilson for a game, and you wouldn't have had as many Bettman's, fights. Bettman's also. I mean, if it wasn't for Manfred, Bettman, Bettman's lucky Manfred's a thing yeah. because Bettman would be taking um, the the title of the worst commissioner in all sports. I mean, it is very well known how much I dislike Bettman going back to the Olympics and the NHL not being the Olympics four years ago. Yeah. So if that continues on, it's even worse. But Bettman does things constantly to worsen the game. I, and I kind of I didn't realize that Paros was the head of NHL player safety. A little bit strange to have a former goon yeah. as the head of player safety. Do I think he handled the situation? He probably the punishment that Wilson was given. I was listening to Spit and Chicklets, and they changed my mind a little bit. I think that Tom Wilson is a dirty prick, and I hope that he gets his ass kicked by some enforcer. Well, he did. He did against the Rangers a little bit. A little bit. By the fourth fight, yeah. after he had beaten up seven other guys on the Rangers, he was a little bit tired at that point. The funny, the bad thing about Wilson and the reason why he doesn't get any respect as a goon 
is because when other enforcers around the league go up and challenge him, and he doesn't go against him. Ryan Reeves in Las Vegas is the biggest one. Basically, I think he's probably the toughest enforcer left in the league right he's now. He's the toughest guy in the league. And and Ryan Reeves went up to Wilson's like, "We're going," and and Wilson's like, "No, I'm not a goon. I'm a skill player now. Don't touch me." But then when it's Artemi Panarin, who's like 135 pounds soaking wet, and Tom Wilson's like, oh, no, Hulk smash. Hulk don't like you. Hulk gonna bounce your head off ice. Yeah, it was just a weird situation. The NHL is – look, I love watching hockey. I love watching the Avs be successful. There's so many stupid things that happen and so many corruptions. I mean, it's like that with every league. Yeah. But the NHL – like, the NHL has so much potential to be a top three league in the in the United States, mm-hmm. and I'm saying that because of how shitty baseball is right now, and they're just not taking it. Hopefully, the ESPN deal next year makes it a little bit better. NBC Sports has not been good for the NHL, especially for the. American I mean, it audience. was good for a time because the Olympics were on there and everything. But you take away the Olympics, the NHL from the Olympics. When you there's p- no reason to have NBCSN on there, and you have the Kentucky Derby taking precedent over playoff games. And I know it was a strange schedule with COVID, but you know that there was a big audience tuning in for the playoffs and they got cut off of their games for the East division. Who do you have predicting to win this one? Remind me the top four again, Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston, and the Islanders. Hmm. I'm going to go Boston. Uh, It hurts me, but I'm going to go Boston. Like I said, back when we were talking about the Lake Tahoe games a few months back, I think the four best teams in hockey or three of the best teams in hockey were playing that weekend. And I think Boston is one of them. Mm-hmm. I think Boston has um, – when they're firing, they're firing. But the big question is what Tuka Rask are you going to get? And I think like, – I, I don't hate Tuka. I think Tuka is a good guy. I think he has a good chance to be something um, and could go down if he wins a cup. And Boston could go down as one of the top goalies in their history. It's going to take a lot, but it could happen. And – I think he just gets too much slack. I think Boston just has too much talent that when it comes to um, playoff experience and when it comes to who do you want between the pipes and who do you want in front of you offensively, Boston has all the right tools. The one team that gives me a cause for concern, I might say Washington. Because Chara, um, that back end sets the tone. He is it's a first round matchup. That's yeah, a first round matchup. So I think I think the winner comes out of that matchup. I think I think Capitals with Ov and o- and TJ Oshie, which that was one of the coolest moments. His dad passing away and in all the midst of all that stupid fighting, um, he got a hat trick, which I thought was awesome. Um, so shout out TJ Oshie for that. One of my favorite halt hockey moments with that playoffs or not the playoffs, the. Uh, the, the Olympic, Olympics. Olympics, Olympics. Yeah, that was one of Doc Emmerich's best calls of all time. Too. Yes, so I think I think um, the Caps could have a sh- good shot because they're experienced and they have like, some decent decent guys in front of them. Um, I'm not sold on Pittsburgh. I just think they're too inconsistent. And the Islanders, I don't know. Like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dan. I'm trying to BS, but I just the Islanders are what are the secondary team in New York to me still. Uh, That's weird to say. I know. I think they. I think the Islanders are better than the Rangers, but the Islanders aren't as good as we thought. Yeah. Like the third. They were a little overhyped of the season. They were a little bit overblown. I'm my prediction for this is Pittsburgh because I I still trust Crosby. I still trust Malkin, and they're playing very good hockey at the right times. They're going into the playoffs on an eight two and zero streak in their last ten. So that is that is very that's a very good pick then. I like them, and and they get an e I. I think that I the Islanders easy, matchup yeah. is going to be a difficult one. And then, obviously, the second-round matchup in the East. 
This is one of the more top-heavy divisions, too. The, All these playoff series are going to be really good. In the the one division. thing this division may come down to that the top two don't have, both Washington and Pittsburgh don't have goalies with experience. Tuca has experience. Marley in, in, in New York has experience. Mm. So that could play into a factor a little bit. Um, because of Soros, I believe is the goaltender for Pittsburgh, right? Soros. Uh, I may be wrong with that. Uh, or Jari, Tristan Jari. Tristan Jari is one of them. But and they, so, I heard Chicklet said that one, one of the guys that I wasn't familiar. And I can't with even think of the name of the Capitals uh, goalie. Diorio, Alex Diorio is the starter for Pittsburgh. Yeah, there you go. There's a rookie still. Either way, mm-hmm. still I don't know his name. That means he doesn't have playoff experience. He was born in 1999. And then Washington, they struck it out and missed, unfortunately, Hendrik Lundqvist. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't able to play this year because of his heart heart problems. Yeah. Hopefully he gets better back, King Henrik. Um, but Washington has inexperience between the net too. So that's where New York and Boston give me a little bit of um, that they're going to make these series interesting because, like I said, goaltending will win you the cup. Yeah. If you don't have consistent goaltending, you're going nowhere. No, it, it definitely adds to something, and it could make those first-round matchups even more interesting in that Eastern Division than they already are. Uh, next division, the North Canadian division, uh, basically the participation one, participation division. The Oh, let's throw a Canada team in the final four because we don't care. We need ratings. Yeah. Uh, Toronto, number one seed, 76 points on the season. Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Montreal does take the fourth spot. Uh, basically had that one sealed up for a while. It just wasn't mathematically – the Flames weren't mathematically eliminated until recently. Just talk about a fall from grace. Yeah. The Flames after losing to the Avs. Well, we're not going to mention that one podcast that used to be on the Unhinged Sports Network, but one of their hosts is actually a big Flames fan. And uh, I I reminded him of that every single time that I had the conversation that the Avs were an eight seed and beat Calgary with the President's Trophy. Toronto, obviously, I think they're the favorite in this division. You can can throw in Edmonton. I know, I know. And you got to throw in Edmonton because Connor McDavid scored 100 points in a 56 game season. Yeah, McDavid is McNuts. Let's yes. put it that way. No, and he's McNuts. <laughs> McDavid he scored 31 points in the last 3 weeks of the season. Jesus. He God. was only at 19 or he was at some ridiculous number. Nobody thought he was going to get to 100 and then over like 19 games scored 31 points and and got to 100. Nuts. Um who's your who's your prediction for this division? I'm I'm going to go Edmonton here. I don't think Toronto Toronto chokes every year. Let's put it that way. Toronto chokes every year. So I'm going to give it to Connor McNutts over there and McDavid and Jai Seidel. I think too much horsepower um, revs up, and I think the Maple Leafs choke again. Yeah. I My team that I thought was going to be a dark horse in this one was Winnipeg. I don't really oh, have shot. Yeah, I don't faith they in them. Shot, no. They, they kind of showed me who they really were down the stretch. Um, I don't want to say – I'm trying not to say the same as you. And if Toronto – it doesn't get in their head. Toronto is the best team in this division. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So they have to get... I'll, I'll give it to Matthews finally getting over the hump and uh, Tavares the being captain. gifted a Mickey Mouse uh, leeway to the conference finals. Yes, basically. Yeah, pretty much. And I do want to see the second round matchup of Edmonton Toronto. I want to see oh, Matthews yeah. McDavid. Um, my brother Dom and I Dom's home from college, and he was talking some shit. Challenged me to NHL and he's like, "No, oh, that's okay. I'll be I'll be Toronto. I won't be the Avs. I'll be Toronto." I go, "Okay, I'll be Edmonton." And I took McDavid and Drysaddle and just ran just him ran up, up down, the ice. Yep. It could that could be how this matchup plays Very out, well but I want to see it in the second round. Best American player, best Canadian player. 
let's have this one of the best settle Canadian it players. settle it yeah let's settle this in an old school old school style street fight in the second round of the North Division playoffs but you have Edmonton I have Toronto and then the West like we said the, big game the last best. night the yeah best. the best well, we think that the Stanley Cup champions coming out of this division the Avalanche beat the Knights in their last game Huge of the season win. two Massive one win. Off the strength of a Burakovsky goal to tie it, and then it was Comfort. I think who got credit. Yeah, JT Comfort for the game winner and Alvin assist from Alex Newhook, Newhook the kid. The yep. oh, man, like I said, the last time we talked about these two teams, when the Vegas Knights and the Avalanche play, it's a different level of hockey, and that was tried and true playoff hockey. Grubauer was on one. Laner, who hasn't been the number Lanier, one goaltender yep. for Vegas. The other night, Vegas has been. I heard something that Vegas has been so weird that they've been alternating Flurry and Lanier every time. But Flurry is obviously the number one. Yeah, I don't understand doing that when these games matter at the end of the year. I don't. I don't know. Lanier was was on one last night too. There was a few chances that I was very surprised he he didn't let go. But the Avalanche were able to come through and that two one win. That's that's like a playoff victory. I, at, I think at it's point. bigger than people are talking about because look. If Vegas, if Avs are able to get the number one seed, Vegas has had their asses kicked by Minnesota a few times this year. Mm-hmm. Minnesota is one of the few teams like the Avs that were able to take it to them. And yeah. as much favorable as I would rather probably play the Wild than St. Louis in the first round, I would be weary of, of Minnesota possibly pulling up an upset because Minnesota is gritty. And that is exactly what Minnesota or Vegas tries to do. And if Vegas falls to the two seed and you have you give home ice to the Avs, I think it goes out of advantage Avalanche. Because, look, I saw a stat where, too, where the Avalanche, they played each team in the division, all seven teams, eight times. Yeah. They won. They they, they won at least five of those games every against every team. And we still have two against L.A. Yeah. They have a winning record against every team in the division, which is absolutely insane to me, too. Which, which I think the Avalanche – we're going to win the next two games, knock on wood, Jimmy, for me. Knock on wood, they'll win the next two games. They'll get the President's Trophy, which doesn't mean anything. But I would love to see the playoffs come through Denver. And I think that's where this Avs team is because the Avs at home are unbelievable. They have played a lot of games on the road. They have been they they have played 14 out of the, 14 of the last 17 days. They are on the road. Yeah, That is a tough road trip. And now getting a chance to say, I'm going to come home for the rest of the playoffs, that's a big advantage. 24-2 and two at home for the Avalanche, 17-9-2 and two on the road. I'll say I do agree with you that getting number one seed in the President's Trophy is cool. I think this win is even bigger because you took the power out of Vegas' hands. And Vegas, going into the season, I mean, you have to look at them as probably the favorite just with the experience that they have going deep in the playoffs Stone, and Petrangelo, Flurry. They have the guys, but being able to show up to Vegas in Vegas and go, no, you're not clinching the division tonight. You're not clinching the President's Trophy tonight. You're going to have to hope that we lose next week, and and we're not going to do that. They basically took the power out of Vegas's hands, punked them at home on their own ice, and went, just remember, you guys can't skate with us. And let's be honest, the Avs didn't play a good game. No. That was a terrible game. Grubauer kept it, a minute. And it then wasn't they... the it wasn't the Avs that that punked him. It was Grubauer. Yeah. Philip Grubauer stood on his head and said, "I am not letting this team go away. 
I am not. I am putting the team on my back. And one lucky shot. The goal that he gave up was not. I mean, that wasn't on him. Yeah, it wasn't on him. Mm. And he said, I am going to be the difference maker. And I'm going to let the offense do what it does best. Yeah. And I am going to make sure. Because if you are a goalie and you hold teams to less one or zero, one or less goals, which I know that's zero math, but one or less goals, there's a good chance you win ball games. Mm-hmm. And if you can consistently do that, the Avs have a great chance. A Grubauer, man. There's a reason why I want to get his jersey. Because Grubauer is so much fun to watch. This, like Isn't I said, he German too. Yeah, he's German yeah. too. Yeah, which helps. But um, with Grubauer, I said in years past, last year, Grubauer was hurt. Franco was hurt. We had two years ago, we had Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar in goal. We we may finally have consistency in that for the playoffs. You know how happy that makes me. First time since I mean, I'll give Varley credit. He was a consistent goaltender, but really good consistent goaltending for the first time since. Uh, Old thirty three was back between was the, the net, Yep. So it's it's shaping up. Obviously, we don't have to tell you who we're predicting to win this division. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Who but we're when going it with. gets to the Vegas Colorado series in the second round, that is must watch TV. Must watch. That is must watch. If you are a sports fan, if you're a Colorado sports fan, put your put your put your jump on the bandwagon. I don't give a shit at this point. Get on board with these Avalanche and let's roll this thing downhill because this has the potential to be one of the more special seasons. Like they they played 54 games and won 37 of them so far on the season. Scored 78 points. Insane. This is an insane season in franchise history. Don't let it go by because it's a shortened season and everything else is happening right now. Pay attention to the Colorado and Avalanche. Please, 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 Batman, and please, Adam Silver, do what you did last postseason, where every other day was a game, yes. where Avs play one game, Nuggets play the next game. Avs, please don't put them on the same night. Please, no. I'm begging you. Please spread it out. All right, we. Uh, did our predictions now for each of the divisions in the NHL. Let's go ahead and get into our segments, and we'll start with Bench Warmer of the Week. And I'll go first because I mentioned him already. Herman Marquez, I thought you went one and two-thirds. No, you just went two-thirds innings and bad, gave up bad. 11 or eight earned runs. You didn't give up all 11. You gave up eight earned runs and two home runs in an inning and walked two guys. It just wasn't. Just bad. Very bad. Bad. Bench Warmer of the Week. My Bench Warmer of the Week, man, here we go. Coors Beer, because look, Coors Beer in Go- is, is located in the Rockies in Golden, Colorado. But hear me out. They had Patrick Mahomes hitting golf balls off their roof this weekend. What are we doing? We're home with the Rockies. You support the Broncos. You support the – you cannot support the Broncos and have Patrick Mahomes as your sponsor. I'm sorry. I don't care what the levels to this is. You don't let that happen. That is a bat, a stab in the back, as much as you can get. Coors, the home of the Rockies, you are the sponsor of. You, you, they sell Coors at Broncos games, and you have Patrick Mahomes as a, as as a sponsor. They sell Bud Light at. Okay, what, never mind. Broncos whatever, games. whatever. Okay, it doesn't matter. The home of the Rockies, still. No, Colorado Kool Aid. Colorado Kool Aid. Whatever, whatever. Home of the Rockies. Did you did you have Patrick Mahomes as your thing? Terrible. Come on, man. That's that that I. And I, I, I mean, like I said earlier, I listened to Outside Sports Radio, and and Vic Lombardi had a good take. He was like, "Who cares? He's getting money. Coors Light's making money." Well, put it this way: if LeBron James came over and said, "I'm going to be a Coors Light spon- or a sponsored athlete," and comes and hits golf balls off the uh, top of the roof of the facility up in Golden, would you be happy? Fuck no! I'm pissed. Come on, get okay. Look, look at it this way: the only way we got to rival it. Von Miller has to go to St. Louis and, and make his own barbecue. 
<laughs> that's the only way. That's the only way we combat this. Yeah. So Vaughn, come on, come through, buddy. Go make some barbecue up there in in, uh, in uh, Kansas City, and that's the only way we have this. I'm so conflicted. I love course. I love course. I love course too. The I'm a course guy. Like, I'm, I'm a course guy, blue. but that hurt. It we're hurts. Not, we're not gonna pay attention to the fact that I do have a twenty rack of Bud Budweiser in my fridge. That's what I've been drinking the last couple of weeks. I like the aluminum cans that Budweiser puts out. This and it's a pint. Jimmy likes to save the environment. Well, no, Big it's also guy. a pint in each bottle instead of the stubbies for cores. That's only like twelve ounces. It's an extra four ounces, okay. so it makes makes me happier. But I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't heard of that. So. Yeah. So learn something new every Shame day. Shame on you, Coors. Come on. I man. also learned a couple weeks ago that people call Coors Light Colorado Kool Aid, which I've that. stolen. Yeah. yeah, it was on part of my take. I've stolen it. I admit, I admit, I listen to part of my take a lot, and I do take some of their concepts. But I'm just an avid. I'm an AWL. That's okay. that's all you have to know. Um, so yeah, that's bench warmer of the week. Herman, Herman Marquez. The Rockies are having a bad very, week very for bad. the bench warmers. Very bad. Both basically bench warmers of the week. Now into our partnership segments. First up, What's Brewing, presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Follow them at High Alpine Brew. If you're down in the Western Slope, anywhere near the Gunnison Valley, great beer, and they have really good pizza as well. So you, it's not just drinking. You can uh, soak up some of that alcohol with some good don't pizza. Go, don't drink Coors Light. Go to High Alpine Brewing and go drink some of their Go get a Gunny beer. Gold. Yeah, go get a Gunny Gold, the Kolsch brew that they have on tap always. Uh, but I'll let you start with what's brewing. What's brewing with for you? So I have I have two, but I'll, I'll make one short. So first of all, the the Broncos uh, signed Ryan Pope, who is a uh, former Packers tackle. Maybe something there. I don't know. Maybe something there. Maybe he has a little leeway. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. But my real one. So Hulu released that they are making a Lakers documentary. Everyone knows I hate the Lakers, but. I will watch it because Kobe and all the stories. I, I have been. There has been rumors that there is going to be a like a Last Dance documentary type for Kobe and for that that Redeem team in the 2008 Olympics. That team that Kobe, um, LeBron. Uh, LeBron was on Melo and 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 all those Chris Paul and all those great guys. There's rumors about that. I just, I mean, I'd rather not be the Lakers, but I am going to watch it because I'm a basketball diehard and seeing stuff about how Kobe went through his life and how he was always Mamba mentality, I think would be awesome to watch. So as much as I hate the Lakers, that's going to be really cool um, that Hulu is doing that. So that's my what's brewing. Yeah. And uh, Kobe's one of those athletes that transcended the game. So you can hate him on the court. You can hate him for a lot of things, but you can take the mentality that he had. And you did a great, I mean, back on 824, one of the first center of attentions, you did a great memorial for him, and then we also on the anniversary of their tra- tragic accident with him and Gigi, we talked about it too. But he he basically did everything one way and was very successful at everything that he did because he won an Oscar, a three time, five time NBA champion, five time, yep, and an Oscar winning director. So not many people can say that. Still one of the coolest things. You can literally search on Twitter and that short clip will come up. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend going to watch it because it's awesome. Yeah, Deer Basketball is great. That was, that was the name of his animated short. My What's Brewing, I feel bad that you went first now because uh, Jake Paul uh, got God. called out by DC. and But DC did say that if he, they were to fight, it DC would, would only be ass. MMA. So it's not going to happen. Also, Jake Paul, the hat thing, he's apparently say, banned from is, yeah. the Logan Paul Mayweather and, uh, fight, the, which I think is better. Did but, you see the video? Floyd was 
pissed. That was not like Jake Paul thought it was a joke. Floyd's one of those guys that has just enough hood in him that I don't know if it was a joke anymore. And he said, "I'm gonna, I'm quote unquote, I'm gonna also ha- kill Flo- that motherfucker." Also, Floyd, like, get a haircut, buddy. He's he's looking a little tough. He also went bald, and now he's got a full head of hair. So it's I, not full head. It's also like a half head of hair. He's balding while he's balding. Yeah. <laughs> and he, his beard, too. Ugh, come on. Just, he doesn't look like he's worth no. as much money as he's worth. But he he was saying, like, I'm I'm nervous. Logan Paul, I just saw right before I clocked out of work today, he did hire security because he's worried about Floyd Mayweather putting out a hit on him. Oh or his God. brother. Oh, my God. Stop. I mean, Stop. That's it's we're just, not that far. Stop. The segment's he, called "What's Brewing." That's I'm just stirring. The I pot know, a bit. but like Mayweather. Look, as much a hit on it could happen. Mayweather sees the money. There's why reason why he's called Money Mayweather. I, I don't know how we went to the point. We're at the point in in our lives where Mayweather could be not looked at as the villain of a fight. Oh, thank God. Only the Paul brothers. Only the Paul oh, brothers. Paul but Paul brothers. Yep. That's my What's Brewing, uh, presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Follow them, like I said, at High Alpine Brew. Now let's get into Off the Hinges. I'll let you start because my Off the Hinges responds to your, so go ahead, oh, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Tim Tebow, he's been he, he's basically been considered a, a tight end ever since he was talked about in the NFL. I know that he's a megastar. I know that he's not guaranteed to make a team. Uh, and I assume that he's been training for this. Like, he's not going to go into this thinking he didn't make this decision last week. I, I believe, in my head at least, he retired from baseball and then basically went right into training to become an NFL tight end because that's just how he's gone through the rest of, of his career. But it is disrespectful to list him as a weapon next to guys like LaVisca Chenault, shout out former bro, CU Buff, uh, DJ Chark, and James Robinson, like I already mentioned. So... I don't nec- I don't know if it's on him anymore as it's much as as it is on Bleacher Report, but it's a little bit strange with the way that he's being responded to being now signed as a tight end to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's fair. All right. Well, my off the hinges is back off Tim Tebow because look, Tim Tebow did nothing but live his life. Mm-hmm. Please stop saying. Tim Tebow is ruining the game. Please stop doing that. Tim Tebow is seeing opportunities and taking them. That is what everyone in life should do. Every single one of us wish, I know this is weird to say, should live a little bit more like Tim Tebow. When we see opportunities that we want to, when we want to advance to, that we want to take advantage of, we take them. That is exactly what Tim Tebow is doing. He may not work out in Jacksonville. He may, he, he may last one preseason game and get his ass lit up for one game. Very well, maybe what happened. But you know what? He, he, can, he can retire then and realize, you know what? I gave it a shot. I gave it a shot. People were saying maybe I should move to tight end. Maybe I could be Taysom Hill. Maybe I'm not. But you know what? I gave it a shot. I proved the doubters wrong that, you know what, maybe I wasn't fit for this. And he's leaving no doubts in his life. And I and I honestly, that's the way I want to live life too. Mm-hmm. Leave no doubts with anything I do, without with anything that goes on in my personal life or professional life, doesn't matter. Leave no doubts. And that's what Tim Tebow is doing. So Devin Bush and or no was name Devin Bush. Was it Devin, was Bush? Devin Bush? Devin Bush, back the fuck off. I'm glad the Broncos didn't draft your ass. Back the fuck off. This ain't all Tim Tebow. Point your blame elsewhere. Tim Tebow is just living his life and doing things that he is enjoying it. That was a quick heel turn from Devin Bush. He's already halfway there being uh, on the Steelers' defense, and now he just completed it. Um, and that, you're, you're right. No regrets. Tim Tebow has, is not going to have a regret after he does this however long it, it lasts. 
I, well, it's very difficult for or one the full season. It's so. difficult for me to say that he's not going to make the team, but I don't necessarily see him as the starting tight end for the Jacksonville oh, Jaguars. He's not going to be starting So uh, I'll give you that. There's no regrets, and, and that's a way to look at it. Uh, that's presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged, UnhingedSN.com. I'm sure we're going to start having some blogs come in about this whole Tebow situation, so be sure to keep up with the blogging content on the website as well. That's off the hinges. Now let's move into what's on our screen right now. Still presented by Fubo TV, uh, great alternative to cable. You get all the cable channels, but it's a streaming platform, no contract and no cable cord, so you don't have to worry about the snow that you may get in May. And if you live in Colorado, you don't have to worry about taking that taking out the satellite because that's what happened this morning. Um, after the big rain and snowstorm that we've been having the last couple of weeks, but presented by Fubo TV, I'll just go out and say it because I've been given the updates on my personal Twitter, my MCU timeline update. I am on infinity war. I'm at the last of the movies and then I get to start the TV series. I know that you, uh, don't agree with my take on the Scarlet witch and Wanda. You keep saying, just wait till WandaVision, WandaVision. I will, say, there. <laughs> I, I will say, I appreciate this a lot more going it through the timeline order, and I know, understand what's happening. So if I would have just tried to go right into Infinity War, I've been like, hold on. What the hell's going on? All yeah. the Asgardians are dead? Spoiler alert. It's been five years, or three two, years. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. It's been three. Three I think. years, yeah. yeah. Three, I don't, yeah three years since Infinity War came out, two since Endgame. Um, but I have, I've enjoyed myself. So I talked myself into it, and I'm glad I did. Marvel... Is still the gold standard when it comes to live action movies. Timelines as well. Timelines, yes, because even the even the Netflix shows, the Daredevil and Punisher, even fit into the whole timeline. Which is very weird, but it does. It's <laughs> impressive for what they've been able to do. It's it's very impressive. So that's what's on my screen for you. What's on your screen? What's on my screen, man? Look, it's there are going to be some tears shed this weekend because the basketball Hall of Fame ceremonies this weekend. And one of my all-time favorite players is getting NKG. One of the all-time, the the greatest power forward of all time, Tim Duncan, is going in, and then obviously Kobe. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting chills just talking about this. I cannot wait to watch those speeches. Michael Jordan is already is going to be presenting for Kobe, which I think is going to be chilling as it is. Um, hearing KG speak, hearing Tim Duncan speak, two of the guys, three guys that I grew up watching and idolizing. Because at one point, believe it or not, I was a big man on my little league team. I wanted to be KG. I wanted to tip the ball out of the net, even though I wasn't tall enough. And I could not even touch the net yet. I wanted to make sure every shot wasn't there. I wanted to step back like Tim Duncan. I wanted to go grab rebounds like Tim Duncan. And I had the same last name as Kobe Bryant. That that's it's going to be chilling. It's going to be absolutely fantastic to watch. Um, I got to do some fun things with the basketball Hall of Fame in with their high school with their high school tournaments that they had in Arizona back in college. And man, it's it's there's a lot of great names on this list, but the top three are noteworthy as it is. And I cannot wait to hear all that because, like I said, I grew up on those guys. I I had I had KG's poster in my bedroom till like high school, mm-hmm. with with him with the got milk one with 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 milk across his lips. I had a Kobe jersey because of Bryant on the last name. It wasn't a Lakers jersey; it was an All Star Game jersey. I had to clarify that. But man, it's 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 going to be cool to see. I had a Tim Duncan jersey too. I can't. I, I totally forget. I had all three jerseys. Like literally, that was my childhood. Those three and Steve Nash, which Steve Nash I think is already a Hall of Famer. Um, but that's that's going to be fun to watch. Really exciting. I'm excited to see Jordan 
probably going to see another Jordan crying meme. <laughs> probably going to get another oh, one of those. I wouldn't do this. Pro- probably going to be another one of those this weekend, but I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be great content, and uh, that is truly one of our first, our generation of sports fans. It's like one of the first of our generations going into the Hall of Fame. And now we're at the point where we can look at some of these athletes and go, they're younger than I am. Like, yeah. They it's are. crazy, yeah. Uh, it's not not fun getting older, but it's cool now. We're starting to get to that point where those were the greatest players of our generation getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. So I I think that I wasn't aware that it was this weekend. I'm going to watch the Michael Jordan speech for sure. I watched, all of, I watched the eulogy he gave that the Lakers put together, and that was chilling. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one as well. It's gonna be. And it's gonna I love be seeing some, Jordan cry. I'm, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of teary eyes this weekend. I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, what's on our screen presented by Fubo TV. That'll be the end of our partnership segments. All of our partnership links are in our link tree at FEOTB Pod. So if you follow us or check out one of our social media pages, click on the link tree and go check them out because we wouldn't have them there if we weren't uh, very well behind every everybody that we put in there. We, we've Pause used on that, at one but. point <laughs> or still continue to use. That's where I got my new Jersey Fanatics and uh, Fubo TV. That's how I've been able to watch as many Avalanche games as I've been able to because we all know that Altitude and DirecTV don't like each other all that much. Um, now into our regular segments, finish out this episode. Episode 40. We're at the 40th episode. 40th episode. How about that? 40th regular 10 episode. more away. Yeah. yeah. T- we're, we're like 50. We're past 50 for regular. but We've been putting in work. Uh, but let's get into Beats of the Week. And we have a big UFC event coming up, so I'm sure we'll have plenty of talk about that. But it's not just that. The over-under totals for the NFL also came out. So it's a big week in betting. But I'll start. Tony Ferguson is plus 145 against Benil Dariush. I know that he's on a little bit of a rough patch, but Tony Ferguson is still a top three fighter at this weight at the lightweight division. And I think plus 145 against a guy like Benil Dariush, who is very talented but has never been up in that championship contender in the UFC plus 145 hit that all day for Tony Ferguson. He's not the boogeyman. No. He's not El Kukui. Is that uh, I, I, it's so similar. Similar, yeah, somewhere like that. El Kukui's not El Kukui. I like, Span- Spanish has a lot, a lot of boogeymen. That's it's true, yeah. Kukui uh and I'm blanking on the other. Oh, Chupacabra yep. is another one. So El Kukui is still there. Don't, so, don't sleep on him. I'm going to tell you all right now. Take that one. Parlay that with this one. Mike Chandler plus 135 to beat Charles Oliveira. I've been telling you. I I told y'all when he fought Dan Hooker. I said it. I was like, Mike Chandler is that dude. Mike Chandler is a bad, bad man. And everyone was like, well, Dan Hooker this, Dan Hooker that. Michael Chandler is a bad dude, man. He he is violent. Mm-hmm. And he is so precise. And Charles Oliveira is no scrub. Don't get me wrong. But plus 135 odds, I, am, I guarantee you I will be parlaying Tony Ferguson and Mike Chandler together this weekend. I, 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 I'll put that down after we finish recording because I guarantee that. I mean, I guarantee, I'm not guaranteeing it will happen, but I'm guaranteeing that I will be putting money on that because I like both those fires a lot in these fights. And Mike Chandler, I mean, everyone had that stigma. Well, Bellator is not the UFC. But people are saying, like, look, we're, we're seeing why – there's so many great fighters and why this new generation is, is so diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these fighters from other promotions may not be as good, but they, they are competitive yeah. and they could at with the right speed could be champions in multiple, um, multiple promotions. Yeah. And I think Olivera is the best matchup for Michael Chandler out of the top three at the lightweight division that could have got the title shot. So UFC sees what they have in Michael Chandler as a former world champion. 
and put him right in there. Let's see if he can do it. Hold his feet to the fire. We could even see after this fight a Tony Ferguson fight for the title against Michael Chandler. It'd probably be. It would I mean, be a couple fights down the road, yeah. or we could see a rematch between, depending on how, how this Oliveira-Chandler fight goes, we could see a rematch for the title again. I mean, I think the winner goes, I think, I think the winner faces Gaethje. Hopefully. Hopefully. That's, that's that, that should happen because yeah. Gaethje hasn't, has only lost one time in the last few years. He's the greatest was, fighter. It's one of the greatest fighters of our generation. Yeah, so I like that. Uh, obviously, we're going to be paying attention to the UFC 262 this weekend. My next beat of the week, Fernando Tatis Jr. right now is plus 850 to win the NL MVP. He hasn't had the greatest start, but it is still – he's a guy that can get hot during a stretch of the season, and he's not going to just be hot for a couple-week stretch. When he gets hot, he's the best, one of the best players that we've seen all around in the MLB, and if he gets going, NL MVP plus 850, take those odds right now before they get worse. The only reason why I have slight to that was I have I had Acuna a few weeks back. Acuna is, is a lot better odds to win. Yeah, right Acuna now. has yeah. been balling. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason why I maybe have a little bit of slight against that. But, I mean, Tatis is so much fun to watch. It's that next generation. Those are the two guys that are probably going to be leading the NL. That was another thing I saw this weekend. P- people pimping home runs. If you, if you don't want your home run ball to be pimped, don't don't get your home run. Don't get a home run thrown on you. Yeah. Like like f that. That's a conversation we can have for another day. But that's terrible. All right. My next beat of the week: Justin Fields, offensive rookie of the year, plus five hundred. I mean, look, Matt Nagy already came out and basically said that um, the, there's going to be a quarterback competition after all those memes of the QB one with Andy Dalton. <laughs> Andy Dalton's going to be another backup this year. Yeah. No, we're not going to see Andy Dalton unless something bad happens to Justin Fields or he's Hopefully really bad not, in yeah. the in the preseason. If he doesn't prove that he can be at least as good as Andy Dalton, we're not going to see him start at the beginning of the season. But well, I think I, they're giving him every opportunity for Justin Fields to start. The, the, only, the, the only reasons why they had QB1 listed at Andy Dalton was because they had no idea that Justin Fields was going to be into their lap yeah. and that they had a chance to trade up for him. That's a good – I like that one as well. Uh, I don't know who the other people are, but plus 500. Trevor for, Lawrence was a betting favorite right now. That's not going to go – he's not going to win yeah. enough games to win Rookie of the Year, yeah. even though you know Justin Herbert last year kind of bucked that trend. Uh, my last one's NFL-related as well. Like I said, the over-under win totals came out. The Bengals are sitting at 6.5 for their over-under on the season, and it's plus 110 for them to win over 6.5 games. This is making sure, hopefully, that Joe Burrow stays healthy the whole time. Hopefully, Carmen, your second-round or third-round pick, is going to be able to help that. I still think that if Burrow plays all season last year, the Bengals would win at least six games. So I'm taking over six-and-a-half wins for the Bengals at plus 110. That's my last beat of the season. Yeah, I remember, ladies and gentlemen, we have a 17-game season. So that could play into it. You can go you can go 7-10, and 10, mm-hmm. and, I mean, you're not a playoff team, but that's still a decent season. Yeah, that would be considered a seven-win se- seven-win season in the past gets you a possibly a playoff berth. Yeah, seven and ten doesn't do that anymore. That's true. So six and a half wins not out of the question for the Bengals. What's your last beat of this week? My last beat of the week. I saw these odds and I was I was like, what? Anthony Edwards plus five hundred for for rookie of the year in the NBA. First of all, the betting favorite right now is Lamelo Ball, and he is minus eight hundred. What are we doing? LaMelo Ball has been hurt for three months. Are we really that high off of LaMelo Ball that just because he has a few games good that he's, he's he deserves rookie of the year? Anthony Edwards has been by far and away the best rookie this year. He has been balling out for a terrible Minnesota team. 
that the only bright spot they've had all season was Anthony Edwards. Cat has been playing okay, but D'Lo has been terrible, and Anthony Edwards has been the only bright spot of that team. I saw plus five, plus five hundred, and I'm gonna throw fifty bucks on it and win me some money. I'm telling you that right now. He's also one of the better interviews that we've had this whole season. Oh my season. gosh, yeah, really funny interviews. Yeah, <laughs> he's basically like bright lights everywhere that he goes. I don't know what he's paying attention to when he's getting interviewed, but he's been entertaining. And uh, the, the best one I think was uh, the A Rod one. That the, yeah. That, but also when he saw, see my earrings shining? Oh, he's yeah. Like, that's terrible. Come on now. Yeah, he, he he's a kid. He likes to have fun. He is a true kid. Six foot seven, 265-pound kid. kid. Yep. Um, that's Beats of the Week. Like Nico said, he's going to be putting in money as soon as we're done recording here. So once you hear this on Wednesday, the lines may have shifted, but still, the especially the UFC ones that we said, be sure to take advantage of those odds. Now let's get into play and player of the week. Uh, do you want to go first? Or do you want, want I'll to go, go first. Play of the week, my play of the week. I mean, I went with multiple plays of the week, but I'm, I'm, since this is very rare, it happens. Jokic having four dunks, like uh, the, that's that's good enough. And one half too. Yeah. He didn't have a he didn't one have quarter. A, I don't think it was one quarter. I think it was three and one quarter, and then he had one yeah, yeah, later yeah. on in the game. But so uh, it was at least four and one half. So that's that's good enough. I'm gonna give it to that. Okay. I know it's cheating, but you cheated on the team of the, or. Or team of the week, so yeah, yeah, we we have a precedent set for it, so I, I like I'll I'll t- I'll allow it. My play of the week: Atlanta Braves pitcher Justin Webb. That was sick. I did caught see that. a chopping ground ball behind his head and then finished a double play. That was Usually, cool, yeah. like if he just got the out at first, like uh, Stroman had a couple weeks ago, where he just got the one, where he dove and the Rockies guy just <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, he shouldn't have got the out, but he did. And then this one where you turn a double play off of catching a ball behind your head, pitchers aren't supposed to be able to field. And that guy And then be able to throw it hard a second and get a double play, that's impressive. If you know baseball, you know how difficult exactly that that play was. So that's my play of the week. Uh, and then player of the week, I'll go first because I'm giving love to the Avalanche. Andre Burakovsky in the month of May has nine points, four goals, five assists. He scored the game tying goal last night and – all the way back to the very first episode of Two for Chirping when the NHL season first started, Burkowski was my sleeper pick for a con Smythe if the Avalanche do end up winning a Stanley Cup, knock on wood. Uh, Andre Burkowski was my pick for the con Smythe, so I, I like him for my player of the week this week. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna go follow the same track here. I'm going to give the Avs some love here too, except I'm going with player of the week, Jimmy, not player of the month. Mm-hmm. Philip Grubauer. That is what he did on Tuesday night or Monday, Monday night, night, excuse me, Monday night to secure a chance at the Avalanche, uh, getting home ice. That was enough for me. He he said, "Screw you, Vegas. I'm 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 putting this team on my back. I know what it takes to win a cup in Washington. I'm gonna do what I have to do to get my Avs a home ice advantage throughout the whole playoffs." So Grubauer deserves it. They had 37 shots on goal, and he only let one in. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. It was a rebound goal, too. But I will say, both the guys that we picked were on that Stanley Cup yes, champion in That's Washington. True. It's true. Um, so they both have their roles to play. If Grubauer's not playing as well as he was, Burakovsky doesn't have the chance to tie the game. It's true. So, you know, you, you might beat me on all of them, but at least, we, at least these are a lot closer than some of the early ones we it's had true. where they were not even – it shouldn't even have been spoken of in the same breath. Mm-hmm. That's going to bring us to the end of this episode. Like I said, be sure to follow us at FEOTB pod, all of our social media. We've been interacting a lot with uh, our Twitter 
We put out a lot of our takes on Twitter. Like we said, we'll be live tweeting the playoff games when we're not actually there or color casting. Um, and we gave you our color cast schedule already. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a five-star rating with a review. If the rating is five stars, we'll read the review on the podcast, give you a shout-out. Um, and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We release clips there Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And we're trying to build that following as well. Uh, and we're every week, Wednesdays, on the Unhinged Sports Network, unhingedsn.airtime.pro, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. So be sure to keep keep rocking with us. 40 episodes down, and we feel like we're just getting better. We want you guys to keep rolling with us. So thank you guys for all the support so far. Be sure to follow us and subscribe to us. Uh, Nico, what else you got for the I people I mean, look, we, like I said, follow, the ColorCast stuff is coming out, firing. We have an interview coming up. We're not going to release the details yet, but it's going to be very for the brand. Yeah. I'll just tell you that. Very for um, the brand. You guys are going to love that when we, when we announce that. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But like I said, playoffs are revving up for both our for both teams in the ball arena. We're in football off season, but like I said, things are things are revving up. So um, things things are going to be rolling. We got a lot of great content coming out. You won't want to miss. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff planned for the dead period in sports. So follow us now, and you'll be. All on board once we start getting that new content coming your way. But for that, this has been Far End of the Bench, episode 40. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryant, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week. When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar bill Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices and I made it a habit. Towing them pictures and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire the Elephants again, hey to me, I'm getting to it, feel like the man, I got the plan, I call the shooters, they out with the van, play with the squad.